Love Talk Radio.
Because if it had not been for you, we would not be here. We opened our eyes this morning, God, because you gave us the strength to open our eyes. We were able to rise because you gave us strength in our limbs and the facilities of our body. We were able to get here, God, because you blessed us and brought us the way of safety and did not allow harm to come to us, Lord. We're grateful to again come into your presence because we know where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And as we come before you today, have your way, Lord. Let flesh be crucified that you might be glorified, that your people might be edified in the name of Jesus. For God in you is life. And that's what we seek, God, life eternal life God we pray oh God today that you will touch every person that have come seeking you Lord bind the hand of the devil God rebuke the hand of the enemy Lord God let your anointing that resonates in this place even now God let there be an outpouring on your people we need you God to take us to another level in you Lord God we're faced with demonic forces God evil spirits have come up against us Lord and we need to be fortified with your power God we can't make it on our own strength God we don't have enough to stand on Lord but we know God that your joy is our strength fill us up on today in the name of Jesus somebody have come this morning burdened down God with the issues of life God somebody God is in the battle of their life somebody's God fighting in their mind and in their spirit Lord where the devil have come into war against them Lord but we thank you God because we know greater are you that's within us than he that is within this world God we know God that you are a deliverer Lord that you're the same yesterday today and forever and you're no short of your promise Lord and you're able to deliver us Lord touch us on today Lord we need you like never before fill us up with the Holy Ghost God uh, and give us a refilling Lord uh, but when we leave here today Lord uh, we can leave with your anointing Lord uh, that as we meet men and women boys and girls uh, they might be converted to know who you are Lord uh, in the mighty name of Jesus we pray uh, we thank you because you are a healer uh, you're the God that healeth thee uh, and healing is in your wings uh, and you're able to touch our feeble bodies uh, you're able to save our troubled souls uh, and in the name of Jesus, uh, bind every demon, Lord, uh, every demonic force, Lord, uh, 
God, that comes to keep us in the same place, Lord. We're willing, God, to surrender and say yes to your will, Lord. We're willing to turn our lives, God, over into your hands, Lord, because we come to the place, God, where we realize like never before, we need you, Jesus. More than anything we know, we need you, Jesus. While men are trying to find, God, solutions to this chaotic world, God, we're looking to you, Lord, because we know for every right desire, there is an answer. And Jesus, you're that answer. There's no need for us, God, to turn hither or thither, Lord. We need but to look for you, Lord, because you're the answer, God, for our troubled lives, Lord. Touch on the day, God. Break every yoke, oh God. Save on the day, God. Deliver on the day, God. Jesus, we need you, Lord. We need you, Jesus. We need you, Jesus. We're crying out to you, Lord. We know that you're able to save our souls. We know that you're able, God, to heal our bodies, Jesus. We know that you're able, God, to turn our situations around. Jesus, no other help we know. No other help we know. No other help we know, God. You're able, Jesus, to deliver our children. You're able, Jesus, to save the unsaved husband. You're able, Jesus, to heal the cancer patient. Nothing too hard for you, Jesus. No other God we know. We know that you're able, Jesus. We know that you're able, Jesus. We say yes to your will, God. Yes to your way, Lord. Have your way, Jesus. And we'll thank you for it. And we'll give your name the praise. And we'll bless you, Lord. Yes, we thank you, Lord. And we bless your holy name. Come on, open your mouth and give the Lord some praise. One day I was a living 
all know what comes to mind whenever we hear the name Tim Simon Kimani, aka Bamboo. But today on Candid with the Bond, we get to hear his intriguing story of how he almost sold his soul to the devil. He said, what do you need? You need a record deal, you want money, wow. you want fame, what do you want? But that's not all. The courageous man exposes the dark world in the music industry. She said, I know why you haven't gotten a deal yet. You need to come with me. On my show, the man himself, Bamboo, says it. Candid and raw, right here on Candid with Yvonne. What are your full names, Bamboo? Uh, Tim Simon Bamboo. Bamboo. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. Where does Bamboo come from? How was like growing up? Uh, I think that name came from uh, just, I guess, you know, the influences I had at the time. Right. Yeah, and um, plus that tree is very powerful. You know, it's a, it, it takes a long time to grow, but mm. once it grows, it begins to really, you know, really no, spread. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And. Um, yeah, so my, but I'm not really a pastor though. <laughs> oh really? Well, no. but you preach a lot online. I don't. I, I, I wouldn't even call it preaching. I just, I just testify because I've always been that type of person to even when I was rapping, mm-hmm. I would just talk about what's the stuff that's going on in the street or the stuff that's going on in government, and then I would talk about it. Mm-hmm. And I think hip hop and I think rap music just gave us a voice. Right. But. Now that I know more, I'm talking about stuff that's true. And then as you're talking about it, people are thinking you're preaching. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know. Yeah, that's what I feel when I feel preaching with your baby girl. Yeah. It's, it's just preaching. I just don't see anything else. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. So I guess it kind of seems like I'm preaching. But mm-hmm. yeah, you know, I'm just, I just, as you grow, you know, you, you learn new things. And I, I realize that, wow, you know, there's truth out there mm-hmm. and I was always somebody who hated cover-ups you know especially in leadership you mm-hmm. know like when they cover things up when they when they're hiding things from the public and they don't want the public to know that mm-hmm. thing irritates me you yeah. know what I mean and so, you're driven to like expose it. yeah I love exposing it I love <laughs> being a whistleblower and just exposing wickedness and exposing evil where did it all start how was it growing up well, I grew up mm-hmm. in the in the U.S. Well, I I went to the U.S. My parents took me to the U.S. when I was maybe just I was just a baby, mm-hmm. couldn't even speak yet. So I I lived there and grew up there and studied there until I was maybe about seventeen. Mm-hmm. Then um, sixteen or seventeen, and I then I came to Kenya mm-hmm. and finished uh, high school and continued my studies here. Um, I think my parents really wanted me to have a you know, a, a sound cultural understanding of where we come from and mm-hmm. things like that. So, um, you know, I, we came. I came back home and uh, went to school and continued my studies. And after that, I got into music. Mm-hmm. While I was still in, you know, in in my studies, I I, I started getting into music. I really loved it, um, specifically hip hop. So. Um, you know, I just began practicing and, and got really good at it, mm-hmm. you know, so, um, and those were the days of K-Shaka. I don't mm-hmm. know if you remember K-Shaka <laughs> and K-South. Uh-huh, yes. Yeah, yeah, so we were K-South, K-Shaka, Kalabashaka was just like 
across the street from us in Dandora. So, you know, uh, mm. yeah, that's how, we, that's how I got my start. Yeah. How many songs did you produce at that point? We did, we did, wow, we did a lot of music. Mm. But mainly, uh, K-Sop did two albums. So, you know, uh, shout out to K-Sop, by the way, Eddie. <laughs> okay. hey, hey, we did two albums, and um, it, the first one was called Nairobi, and it was just a reflection of what we were seeing in the Nairobi. Crime, yeah. all of that. Yeah. yeah, and then corruption, and just... I mean, the corruption was through and through, man. You get pulled, you get, you can get called by a police officer, whether you've done anything or not. He's just digging in your pockets. If he finds money, he's taking it. So, mm. so we, so I coined the phrase Nairobi because of the, just the the amount of robbery, that daylight robbery that was taking place in Nairobi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, you know, we were so young, and that was during uh, Moy's time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so um, the second album was called Nairobism, where we transitioned now. You know, I think uh, Moy was out of power now. Now I think it was, you know, Kibaki, Kibaki. or somebody else. Then, um, you know, we were more into business now. You know, Kibaki was uh, an economist. So, you know, we we were into business now. We were into the 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 business side of music mm-hmm. you know uh, at the time there was no industry to speak of so we were more on the uh, on the side of advertising and things like that and, mm-hmm. and marketing and and ma- and trying to make a living from that because we didn't have any other job yeah so um yeah that's what we were doing mm-hmm. that's how we got our start uh, the, we, the studio was Samawati, Samawati Studio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was um, Suzanne Gashukia. Mm-hmm. She owned that studio. It was at Riara Primary School. Mm-hmm. So, hey, we used to hassle to get to the studio every day. We started from scratch, you know. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. it was, it was, it was not easy. You, you got so big in the industry mm-hmm. and and gained some interest from people. How yeah. was that for you? Who got interested in you and what? Why were they interested in using you as a project, for example? Um, I think that just comes with influence. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a lot of fans, you know, a lot of people who loved what we were doing. Yeah. I think we ins- we also inspired a lot of other artists to come up. And you know, you, you, just guys who ended up who really sounded like us. Also, there was the kleptomaniacs mm-hmm. came out of nowhere. There was, you know, there was Ogopa DJs. There was Isa, and then all of a sudden, you know, we like we inspired a whole generation of people mm-hmm. um, to start to start making music with with our particular kind of sound. So, and and we were one of the first, if not the first, to really rap in Swahili mm-hmm. and and really tell stories in Swahili. And and give people, you know, the the news, but in a musical format, you know, because that's what hip hop does. It gives you the news, yeah, but musically <laughs> of what's yeah. happening, on, in, maybe in your life or on the streets or in politics or mm-hmm. whatever, what have you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's uh, that's how we we began, and and people really took a liking to the sound, and through that, you know, op- obviously companies see the opportunity to mm-hmm. advertise and, and affiliate themselves with what's cool. So that's, you know, that that was part of the business. That's yeah. how you got now the interest of this. Yeah, mm-hmm. yes, yes, yeah. So how was it like, like, because you, in your testimony, I have seen before how in the middle of your career in music, you almost got initiated into the dark world. 
Yes. Um, how was that like for you? Who approached you? Okay, you don't have to mention names, but you know, yeah. how was it that like for? I think, um, in fact, I can talk about a case that something that happened to me while I was in New York mm-hmm. that I never spoke about, that I've never even um, testified about, but. Uh, while I, you know, after I released Compe mm-hmm. and I started really touring, um, I was, you know, touring in Tanzania. I was, and then I came back to Kenya, and then um, I, I flew to the states to con- just to do tours and 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 you know, music uh, concerts and things like that, mm-hmm. and to connect with U.S. artists as many as I could, because you know that was that was my goal at the time to be successful in the music industry. Mm-hmm. Because um, I had not yet learned what the music industry is really about, I thought it was about, you know, doing good music and just the hype. You know, yeah. I mean, hey, I was so hyped up. I was, mm-hmm. I was so hyped. So um, I got back. I got back to the states because I had grown up there. You know, so but through music, I went back again. So I'm back in the states. I'm doing concerts. I'm doing shows. And because of these concerts and shows, I'm gaining some recognition while mm-hmm. I'm there. So I'm starting to meet with you artists in the US. So mo- mostly hip hop and R&B artists and you know there's there's a big thriving industry there. So um you know there's a lot of obviously there's a lot of money to be made. There's a, there's a huge market and um worldwide influence and all of those things that I was looking for. So but while I was in New York is when you know I met a certain lady um who I was dating at the time. Her name was Crystal. So Crystal listened to my music, and she was like, and she was, you know, she was half Jamaican and half uh, Italian. Mm-hmm. So she was, you know, very interested in my music. She was like, she listened to it, and she was like, "Wow, you, you can get a record deal. You know, you can, you can really blow up." I was like, "Yeah, that's why I'm here. That's what I'm doing." What you're looking yeah. For. So she said, "But I know why you haven't got it yet because I was going for meetings. I was, I was, yeah. I mean, I was meeting like um, some very high-profile people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was at J Records while I was at J Records. Tyrese was there. Um, you know, like I was meeting with with like really cool musicians. Mm-hmm. You know, really established names, um, and having meetings with the record companies." that signed up mm-hmm. and you know at that time like i think that like some of these record record deals were like two million now it's even more yeah. but you could get just a signing bonus was like two million u.s Dollars. so yeah mm-hmm. yeah so i was really go. i was going for the gold then um she said i know why you haven't gotten a deal yet you need to come with me and so she took me to uh she took me to a guy who he was dressed in all white he was he was uh some kind of a priest and she said that she said that um once this guy has um baptized you or this guy will pray for you and you'll be and and things will start pop things will start popping popping mm-hmm. meaning things will start happening happening for you yeah. is this person like on the earth like yeah yeah he's, a, he's a real person book. he's oh, a real okay. person but he practices a a kind of uh religion called uh, Santeria. Mm, so spells, yeah, mm. yes, 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 yes. Those are those it's it's one of the many gates of, you know, the kingdom of darkness, put it that way. So Santeria and like all these guys Palo Mayombe and you know, those are ancient Yoruba 
they come from you know West Africa mm -hmm. kind of occult um, occultic things and um, so that was that was the, the gentleman that she introduced me to so you know he happened to have a shop a store in New York and in his store he had all kinds of things you know um, books about dreams mm -hmm. books with spells books with um, interpretations of dreams and things like that he had candles everywhere there was candles there was candles with pictures of saint mary saint paul saint teresa saint just names that i'd never even heard of there was mm. there were money candles there were there were candles for love and there were candles for relationships and there's candles for favor and all kinds of stuff you know um that today i know is witchcraft but in those times i didn't i didn't know what all this stuff was about you mm. know um, and so I met the gentleman and he, t and I told him what I'm trying to do. And he said, ah, those are easy. He said, he told me it's easy. It's easy. Yeah. He said, that's easy. You know, we can do that for you. Um, but I, I, at the time I didn't make the connection. Like, what does this guy have to do with music? This guy is not in the music industry. Yeah. He's not a record label owner. He's, <laughs> he's a random person. Yeah. Yeah. Did he expect you to like maybe bring some money or anything with anything? Well, he didn't even mention money. He just said, Nothing. you know, come, you just come as you are and we'll um, pray for you. And I guess the prayer involves some kind of baptism. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, it looked really, you know, if you look at the ca the candles and the things like that, it it looked really Catholic, you know, like because in the Catholic Church you have those, Mar you have a lot of Saint Mary, you know, type of things. Not knowing that Saint Mary has nothing to do with Christianity, you know, that's they're worshiping the goddess of heaven. They're oh. worshiping the the so-called queen of heaven. So it's a goddess that they worship. Mm -hmm. You know, they're really into goddess worship, and it is predominant even today. Um, in, in in the US there's a lot of goddess worship. If you see if you look at the Statue of Liberty, she's standing holding mm -hmm. a light of illumination. That's the god they worship. It's not just a statue, it's not a symbol of liberty, it's the god that they worship. Okay, that's that's the queen of heaven that they mm -hmm. worship. Uh or other also known as Columbia. So mm -hmm. but I at that time I didn't know these things. But I think God wanted me to go through these stages so that as you go through you learn certain things and then you're able to reflect and say, oh, wow, I saw these things. Yeah. So um, he wanted to initiate me, really, uh, into the brotherhood. And from there, you, st you just see doors opening for you. Things, uh, you. You make a slight effort and the doors open like 10 times more than the effort wow. you put in. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I told him that I was going to think about it and then come back. Because I had a gut feeling like hey, this is this is deep. Because in his shop, right there on the counter, there was um, there was what we call the Grim Reaper. The Grim Reaper is a it's like a it's a skeleton that is covered in a in a black robe, and it's holding a sickle. You know what a sickle mm -hmm. is? With a sharp pointed. Yeah, with a sharp pointed sword at yeah. the top. Yeah, it's a harvesting tool, right? So. The Grim Reaper is, is standing on the on the on the counter just next to the cash register. And from the top to the bottom of that sickle are dollar bills tied. So I'm I'm wondering, okay, this is really deep. This is like a Halloween type of stuff. Mm -hmm. Like what does this stuff have to do with music? You know, because I came here to do the connection. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I I was thinking 
And then the person who brought me is somebody, you know, that I like. It's somebody that, you know, we're really enjoying time together and stuff. So I'm wondering, what am I, you know, what is, what is, what is the connection of all of this? So, um, but that's a lot of the times that's how people get brought in. Like a guy will be initiated, will be brought in by a lady who he's probably in a relationship with. Or a lady will be brought in with a, by a guy or vice versa. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's usually very, it seems very organic. Yeah. In it's not sense. for, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's very smooth. So uh, I told this gentleman, mm-hmm. the Santeria priest, that I would think about it because I looked, I'm looking at the, the Grim Reaper. I'm looking at the, you know, the stuff in this shop. And the feeling is just like, the place felt weird, you know? I was like, oh, okay, I'll think about it. Mm-hmm. And then to make it really look like I'm really interested, I even bought some books. Oh. So I took like three or four of the books mm-hmm. and I bought them. <laughs> and then I, and, I, and I went with him and he was like, yeah, he'll, he'll be He's back. He'll back. Yeah. be back, yeah. So I carried them with me. And not knowing that, you know, once you carry those things into your house, you really give the devil a doorway, a doorway to come in because those are his things, you know. So you're not supposed to have anything that belongs to him or wear anything that belongs to him. Why? Because you're giving him permission to come in. Those things are mm-hmm. consecrated to him. So I brought those things in the house. I didn't know. I, I just, you know, mm-hmm. threw them on the, on the side and, and kind of like, I knew I was not going back there. But I did not know I had opened the door at the mm. same time. So I think it was the following day. I mean, 24 hours had not even passed. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was in the washroom and I heard a voice very loud and clear. And it spoke to me in a very, in a very New York accent, in a very American but with a very deep bass. And he told me, he said, what do you need? You need a record deal? You want money? Wow. You want fame? What do you want? I have all of that. I you can give it to you. And I was alone. Crystal was upstairs. I was downstairs. I was in the bathroom. It spoke loud and clear. And what really made me know that I'm not hallucinating or I'm not imagining this is that the voice came from all 360 degrees. Like you can tell when somebody is speaking to you from the left side, you'll turn left, yeah. Or from the right side, you'll turn right. This voice came from 360 degrees all around me. So it's not like a particular direction I could look. Were you scared? I was just, I I won't say I was scared, but I was like, I was alarmed. I was like, oh, this is real. So Mm -hmm. yesterday, in other words, in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, yesterday, whatever I was doing, that thing was real. So, you know, he kept speaking. He kept telling me, trust me. He was trying to tell me, trust me, I can, I can give you everything you're looking for. And in hindsight, when I look at, when I remember, and I, I, I take into consideration how Satan approached Jesus and told mm-hmm. him, I, I, I have control of all this, sure. the empires of the world, the money systems, the the political systems, the governmental system, the justice system, I control everything. And I can give it all to you if you want. Worship. Yeah, but Jesus told him no. And he, this same devil, he approaches a lot of people. It's not just not just me, it's mm-hmm. not just Jesus. He's approached quite a few people. Yeah. And a lot of these people have said yes. Unfortunately. Yeah. And you see them having money, power, and influence, and promoting 
policies or promoting lifestyles that are anti-Christ, you know. So I didn't speak back to that spirit because I knew, I just knew that this is wrong, this is evil. Mm -hmm. This thing is not supposed to be talking to me. And I figured that it was because I had brought those books into the house that the thing had a legal right to come in. And it came in with the books, it's, and it followed us the whole time. It, it was just now speaking. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. So it had been watching us and just waiting for an opportunity to speak, to test the waters, to see what I would do. So I ignored it. Mm -hmm. I didn't speak on it. And, I, and I've never really told anybody since that day. But right after that, I began making plans to leave this chick because I was like, this lady yeah. is, yeah, this lady is deep in some stuff. And she's trying to pull me into that and you know to me it wasn't I, I felt that this has nothing to do with music you know I had not yet made the connection that this is music mm -hmm. this is the industry this is the business yeah. the business is darkness it is the kingdom of darkness it is Satan it is Baphomet worship and the worship of devils it is Freemasonry blended with music to to advertise Freemasonry, which is satanic, which is advertising Satanism and witchcraft and mm -hmm. things like that. And so what they are doing is really they use what's cool to attract the masses. And the masses believe that, you know, this is just my favorite celebrity. But mm -hmm. you know, your celebrity is doing things behind the scenes that he's I not telling you about. Yeah. yeah. And like I told you, I hate it when people hide things and then come out in front of the public and act like there's something else. When we know very well behind the scenes, you're worship, you're bowing down and worshiping this this Devil thing with a goat head and the body of a human being, or it's not even a body of a human being; it's a body of a mixed of a of a male and female. This is like a disgusting thing that they're bowing down before. But mm -hmm. because this thing is giving them money, this thing is giving them power mm -hmm. and fame. They're willing to betray humanity because of the things that they want. So, you know, to be a, to be a, a real celeb, you have to be incredibly cold-blooded. You have to be very selfish, and you can't care about the, the fans who love you so much. Wow. And, you know, one of the things you have to remember is that human beings are like roads. A human being can take you places. A human being can take you from places that a human being can bring you things a human being can take things from you mm. so the human being that you're following even if you've never met them personally as long as you're following that person even from afar even through social media even through television as long as you're following and admiring and trying to be like that person mm -hmm. that person is going to take you somewhere and drive their agenda. Yes, that person is going to take you where they are. Mm -hmm. That person is really going to take you to their God. Mm -hmm. These are things I didn't know back then. I didn't understand the relationship of the celebrity with the fans. Even though I was a celebrity and had fans in Kenya yeah. and in Africa, but I didn't understand that people live through their celebrities vicariously. You know that? Mm. I, don't want to, I don't even know how to dis, def, define that word, vicarious, but it's like... It's almost that, like you identify so much with a certain person that like you can. You want to be like them. Yes, mm -hmm. yes, yes, yes. So that's why Jesus said, "I am the light of the world. He that follows after me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life." Mm -hmm. 
In other words, because people are following celebrities nowadays, you don't know how much. It's just it's just that social media has really revealed who's being followed. Mm -hmm. But before social media, we didn't really know who was being followed like that because we couldn't see the numbers. But now we can see the numbers yeah. that these celebrities are being followed. But what they are worshipping behind the scenes, the fans cannot see that. But that's what the fans are really following. You see? Unknowingly. Yes, mm -hmm. unknowingly. So the fans are following the gods that the celebrities serve. Mm -hmm. And when I realized that, I said, this is so unfair. This is so brutal. It is so cold-blooded. And, and a lot of these celebrities, they're, they're so deep in evil that they laugh about it. They talk about it, sometimes they say it openly. Even Kanye West was saying, I sold my soul to the devil. I know it's a crappy deal. At least it what? came with a few toys like a Happy Meal. <laughs> he said it straight up. He didn't, he did, and he was not lying. Mm -hmm. And he's telling the crowd, he was, he was rapping when he said that, he said it to the crowd, and they were cheering. <laughs> this is the thing, so the people are... I'm sorry to say it, but we as people are sheeple. We are like sheep. We're just like so dumb that somebody can tell you that he's serving the devil mm. and they still won't believe it. <laughs> they'll still be like, yeah, man, yeah, that's cool, man. Play the music. As long as you're <laughs> yeah, as long as you're entertaining us, we don't care, man. Just do what you're doing, mm -hmm. you know. So, yeah, that voice came. I ignored it. And now that I think about it, there's a scripture that says, my sheep hear my voice. Ah. The voice of a stranger, they will not hear. In other words, the voice of a stranger, they will not listen to. They won't have a conversation mm -hmm. with. And I think that's why when that voice came, obviously that's the devil, you know. Yeah. So obviously when he came and I ignored him is because inside, deep inside me, I knew you are not supposed to speak to that being. <laughs> It was like an unwritten law inside me that you're not supposed to speak to this being. And this being is not supposed to be speaking to me. Yeah. yeah. So I, I ignored it and I got rid of those books. And I knew instinctively, get rid of those books. I think it was God just showing, just, yeah. you know, because in all of us we have a conscious, a conscience. And that conscious is oftentimes the voice of God speaking to you, telling you, hey, this is right and this is wrong. Even if you've never seen a Bible before. You know what is right and what is wrong instinctively. And if you violate, then there's a judgment for that. Yeah. So it was that voice telling me, okay, this is wrong. Like when I saw that Grim Reaper inside um, this Santeria priest's shop, something inside me said, if you cross this line, there's no going back. Oh, my goodness. So I knew, okay, this is the line that so many of these celebrities are willing to cross. This is the line that somebody like Diamond is willing to cross. You see, because you're not going to become a real celebrity superstar in this world, in this spiritual system, without having the devil really backing you. Mm -hmm. And that means you're going to be in covenant with the devil. And that means that you and the devil are forever one. And he can use your image, your likeness, your voice, your property. You belong, you, be, you literally, you become his property. But to the world, they see this person who has become so successful. Yeah. They see this person who, 
is is so admirable, you know, the jewelry, mm. the fame, the, the numbers, the fans, the power, and people are disillusioned by it, and they see it as something that they want, as that's something that they desire, because it it, lo- it looks like success, but it's not. It's covenants. Mm-hmm. Michael Jackson had a, a similar covenant with the angel of death. And when I talk about these things, guys look at me like I'm crazy. And I'm like, my friend, just investigate what I'm telling you. He had a covenant with the angel of death. And if you look at the angel of death, it's like a pale white, pale white man with some kind of strange beauty, like a mixture between male and female. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you see Michael Jackson, he used to be dark as me. <laughs> and then what happened? Yeah, and then he turned into this other figure that is like a mixture between male and female. And that's exactly how the angel of death looks. And if you oh. listen to the music, just look at the music video, like Thriller. What was, it, what was in the video? It's creatures. Like gothic stuff. Yeah, really gothic stuff. is creatures coming out of the grave. And they're dancing like zombies mm-hmm. coming out of the grave. So, I mean, this is real stuff. This, he, it, wasn't, it wasn't just being artistic. It wasn't just being creative. There's a yeah. definite covenant involved. And in exchange for that covenant, and on the strength of that covenant, you get money, power, and fame. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so what happened after you got rid of the books and you decided not to listen to this voice? Yeah, so I got rid of the books, decided not to listen to that voice ever again. And I was now beginning to get a clue that life is spiritual. Mm. But I did not realize it at the time. I was still thinking like, no, this is this stuff is crazy, you know. And I decided to leave this this chick called Crystal. <laughs> I decided to leave her alone because mm. uh, this chick was really deep. She was always talking about spiritual stuff, but not Christian spiritual stuff. She was always talking about, you know things that have to do with, you know, dreams and deep spiritual things. So I decided I was going to leave her and leave New York, period, and go back to Atlanta. So I drove back to Atlanta and, you know, decided I was going to forget about New York and Crystal and The Voice and Santeria Priests and all of this nonsense and and get back to music. And I was really thinking about um, also coming back home because... I know that the industry. I knew that the industry here was also growing, mm-hmm. um, more so in West Africa than in East Africa, and so I knew I wanted to just come back and just you know um, jump around Africa a bit. You know, West Africa. I had lived. You know, me and my family had li- we had lived in uh, Nigeria for like a year, mm-hmm. around two years. Mm-hmm. So. Um, like I still had, you know, we had connections there. There was, and the Nigerian, you know, Afrobeat scene was really starting to grow. So I decided I was going to come, uh, come back home and just, you know, bring the the connections and the producers and the, and the, and the networks that I had in the U.S. back home and just mm-hmm. continue to grow the industry, you know. Um, but when I got here is when I realized that the enemy was really fighting me because if he approaches you mm-hmm. and you say no life is going to get really hard for you to pressure you to convert yeah to go back mm-hmm. so crazy things started happening i mean doors that were previously open was were suddenly shut everything that could go wrong was going wrong i mean from i would go to the studio lights would be out 
I leave the studio, the lights come on. <laughs> Just a non-stop like that. I go to the ATM to withdraw money. The ATM machine swallows the card and will not give me back my ATM card. <laughs> just crazy things like that. And and just, I mean, and it was, doors that were open were suddenly closed. Uh, people I was doing business with who we were so excited to do business together are suddenly... I'm not interested. Yeah. Wow. So those doors can be closed on you, and I didn't, I, ne I never realized that. Wow, that thing, it wields a lot of power, mm -hmm. you know. So... I was growing more and more desperate as these doors kept on closing. And these things happen not just to me, but all over the world. Yeah. yeah. And these things are taking place in keeping people subjected to um, systems of desperation, poverty, lack, mm. rejection, oppression. These are spirits that are functioning on people's lives. And I was receiving... Uh, a first class education. <laughs> Imagine that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I'm back in Kenya. I'm trying to do things. I'm really like, I'm trying to take advantage of so many of the opportunities that I had, that I, the networks, the connections, the phone numbers. I mean, I knew, I knew so many people in the U.S. Like I, I had met, you know, so many cool artists. I had met, you know, artists who I thought were cool. Mm -hmm. You know, I had seen Jay Z. I had seen. I had met with Akon on several occasions. I had met with just the who's who's at the time. Mm -hmm. um, and I didn't know that these these are the, the occult things that people are practicing behind the scenes, you know, like Jay, like Beyonce. Like these are people who are, who are deep in the occult and they show the fans. And if anybody cares to dig or investigate or do any amount of research, they can find out for themselves. You know, nobody really has to tell them. But mm -hmm. if they choose not to, then they can just blindly continue to follow. And, and, the, and what they end up in will be up to them. But, yes, doors were closing. Um, mm -hmm. Nothing I was doing was working. Yet I used to do the same things before, and, and it and would, would always work. Okay. Yeah. So um, I began to realize that, hey, there are forces fighting me. Mm -hmm. And um, desperate people do desperate things. So I found myself... Uh, with another another lady who was telling me that she wanted to manage me and she wanted to to um, get me some connections because I'd already built a brand. So there's so much we can do with that, you know. So um, she tells me that I want to I want to you know do a bit of management work for you or at least act as an agent and and get you some contracts and let's make some money and mm -hmm. things like that. And I was all for it. I was like, okay, cool. But she turns out to be another crystal. <laughs> yeah, so she introduces me to a guy called Dr. Jafari. Mm -hmm. And I've told the story about Dr. Jafari before, but um, he turned out to be a, a witch doctor who operates in Mombasa. So I went down to Mombasa, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, it started from just the conversation I had with him, and he told me everything that was happening in my life. So I was like, oh, okay, wow, well, how mm -hmm. did this guy know this stuff? But I figured, okay, maybe the lady told him. So, you know, I was still, I had still not fully, you know, believed in this guy. Mm -hmm. I go down to Mombasa to meet with him. He picks me up, takes me to the hotel. I drop my things, and then we proceed to his his office. His office is, um, what can we call it? Just like a, a hotel room, 
mm-hmm. that he has rented permanently. And there's a bed, and then on the floor there's all kinds of things. I would call it fetish, or just things that look like, I don't know, old calabashes and old, just dusty little, strange things um, that are difficult to describe. Mm-hmm. But just look like ancient African artifacts and things like that. Yeah. So he told me to take off my shoes, sit down, and he be, he decided he began to recite some kind of incantation, and it sounded like he was reciting. What can I call it? Like it sounded like some of these words that a lot of Muslims use, like mm-hmm. yeah, like Bismillah, Allah, blah 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 mm-hmm. blah blah, things like that. And after he recited these things, out of like one of the calabash, you know, like a calabash is a, it's it's just like a bowl with a top on yeah. it and a bottle bottleneck, mm-hmm. and with African drawings on it and things like that, and it's kind of dusty and it looks very old. So there were many of them, mm-hmm. and after he recited the incantation, a voice began to speak from inside the calabash. So I was like, now nah, I was like, really, because <laughs> like were you I, alone I, with him or with yeah, it was just person? it was just me and him. So and I knew that there's no way that voice can be coming from anywhere else. It's mm-hmm. not like I'm being punked or something. Like I knew this is okay. This voice is definitely coming from inside of this calabash, and that voice was talking and it was telling him things, and he was explaining why we were there, who I was. Mm-hmm what I had been going through and that I'm seeking assistance. So that thing had a high pitched voice and it was just and it was laughing and it sounded very it sounded very sarcastic to be <laughs> to be honest. And mm-hmm. it was but it was speaking a very ancient Swahili. So a lot of the words it was saying I could not understand. Mm-hmm. So this the voice is speaking to him and giving him instructions as to what he should do and yeah, the instructions were that we were to go and buy um, a can of Zesta and we were to use it for a, a ritual, a process and the reason was that apparently people had put curses upon my life through witchcraft mm. and that because they had put that witchcraft on me I would have to do some things to remove to undo, yeah. to undo the witchcraft. And I think a lot of people get caught up in the same things, like the same story. They they tell everyone the same thing. If you have any kind of misfortune, any kind of you know, um, a divor- whether it's divorce, whether it's your health, whether it's your finances, whatever it is, they'll tell you that somebody has put witchcraft mm-hmm. on you. And so we're going to help you. And we're going to help you. Mm-hmm. But that help involves you buying something or paying some money mm-hmm. and that represents a covenant now you've come into agreement with a witch with a sorcerer and that means you're in covenant with the devil really because once you pay this sorcerer and this sorcerer is in covenant with the devil you're that's yeah, it thanks. you're in yeah. yeah so at the time i didn't know that and i'm listening to the a voice coming from a calabash and you know i was at the time i was very spiritually ignorant so I didn't know anything, and I'm very curious. And at the same time, I'm in a desperate situation. Mm-hmm. I've come all this way, so I might as well see what this guy is to, what this guy mm-hmm. is talking about. So the thing explained that, and and then Jafari translated it to me that what I was supposed to do is we were going to go and buy a can of zesta, and then I was going to go home and shower. And as I'm showering, I'm going to say that all the stuff 
that witches and wizards and whatever have all the witchcraft that they have put on me should come off of me and enter into that camp. Mm-hmm. And you know, me growing up in in the U.S. and growing up in you know in educated circles, I, I I've, I've never been superstitious, so I never believed that such things were even really real. Mm-hmm. But because of the things I had been experiencing and and the things I was witnessing now. I was thinking, okay, let me give this a try and see oh. what happens. So I went back to the hotel and did as they said. And then he told me, after, you, after you've after showered, take this can and put it under the bed. So <laughs> I did it. No. <laughs> yeah, I did it. Hey, once you're in, you're in. So I did it. I put it under the bed. And, of course, I couldn't sleep for a long time, man. I kept on peeping under the bed to see if, it, if there was Anything any change. Yeah. But there was nothing. The next day... The guy calls me and says, "Okay, I'm I'm downstairs. Bring the can." So I I, I go downstairs. I I come with the can, and we go back to his office. He recites the incantation. The voice comes. The voice back. comes back, and he tells me to open the can. So I open the can. You know how Zesta is, right? Yeah. You 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 take off the plastic and then. And then a tin, right? Yeah. And you peel and it back. Yeah. Yeah. So. I peeled it back myself and I gave it to Jafari. Jafari spread a newspaper on the floor and emptied out the contents of the can. And inside the can was things that, that it wasn't just jelly, put it that way. It was things that are difficult to describe. Among them, what looked like rosary beads. You know these Catholic rosary beads? Yes some some strange balls of just things that it's like how do you even describe that thing mm-hmm. um there was what looks like a, a tomato that has been peeled there was just stuff just and, and, and it was and the jelly was there also so it looked disgusting you know and and that's how witchcraft is witchcraft is disgusting it's filthy but people do it because of the power the temporary power it gives them so and also there was what looked like a white string and then I followed the string and it turned out to be the tail of some kind of a chameleon or something like that like a, a, it was like a, a white dead lizard and it was just it was repulsive you know those things mm. are disgusting but he told me that these are the things that people have been placing on my life in the form of witchcraft to stop to, to shut all my doors and they said oh, it was it was uh, you know your the artists that are jealous of you or fighting against you and mm-hmm. I, whether that's true or not I don't really know but here we are and this lizard type of thing and this it was represented you know this is to stop you from this is to stop your finances another thing another artifact like the, the rosary is to stop you from traveling and just everything represented something so that that voice began to explain what we need to do to remedy the situation so I was supposed to pay for a camel that they were supposed to slaughter and pour the blood of that thing upon all of that and to destroy it. And that was how they were going to destroy that, mm-hmm. that uh, sacrifice. And usually I don't even go into these details to talk about it because it's disgusting. But there's people who are in this situation right mm-hmm. now who are being told that they need to pay for a sacrifice. But they don't know that by paying for these things, you're getting yourself into witchcraft and yeah. into covenants because of your desperate situation and your ignorance of spiritual laws. So 
they you know he I I told him okay I'll pay for it but I don't want to be there when while you're doing it. <laughs> yeah when you're slaughtering this camel mm -hmm. because they were supposed to do it on the beach you know we're in Mombasa they're supposed to do it in, on the beach at nightfall so uh, I was like I'm I'm not going to be there you know that sounds like one of those trips you don't come back from mm -hmm. so I didn't I didn't go but I told him I'll pay for it he said there's no problem he can do it for me so while I was while he was doing that. I was in a movie theater watching a movie. <laughs> I decided to let me get my mind off this stuff, yeah. you know? So uh, as I'm watching, I start feeling overwhelmed, like I'm about to faint. So I tried to shake it off, and it comes back again, stronger. And every time I tried to shake it off, it was getting stronger and stronger, like I'm about to faint, like I'm about to pass out. And you know you can feel it. Mm -hmm. You can feel even when you're sleepy, you want to sleep. But this is a feeling that this was, this was not sleep. This is like, I want to pass out. So I woke up from the theater. I walk out while the movie is still going on. I'm still fighting off this feeling. Then, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't know what to do, but I got the idea of maybe calling a pastor who can, who can, um, who can help me. I, I just decided I was going to explain to him what happened so that he can maybe tell me what's going on. So I called the pastor and he told and I told him everything. Yes. And then he began to pray over the phone. And he prayed in the name of Jesus and that thing left me alone. The feeling of yeah. dizziness and all of that. Yeah, I'm fainting and that thing left me alone. Then he told me, Look man, you need to get out of there, get on a flight, come back home immediately, you know. So I got out of Mombasa, I came back home and I decided to put all that stuff behind me and just, you know, continue working. But, you know, as as I was going through all those things, it, it was definitely God was also drawing me and showing me, hey, this is this is the reality on the mm -hmm. ground. Life is spiritual. You, so I was getting a first-hand education, mm -hmm. yeah, experience on how these things work. So and so many people are practicing these things, and every village has a Dr. Jafari who does favors for you know people for for various reasons you have polygamous families and the second wife wants to be the first wife mm -hmm. so she goes to a witch to bewitch oh, the first wife yeah. yeah and there are sibling rivalries also the 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 children of the first wife want to kill the children of the second wife so that they can keep the inheritance and there's and it's on and it's and, and I'm telling you it is rife throughout Africa and it's all in especially in polygamous families but it's it's worldwide witchcraft is a worldwide you know problem mm -hmm. and wherever you find witchcraft you find poverty rejection unusual hardship a vast array of sicknesses and diseases mm -hmm. divorce misfortune mm -hmm. untimely death causes all kinds of just madness you know just craziness and the only way you can get out of that is through Jesus. Is that how you got saved? Yeah. Wow. That's how I, that's how I got saved. That's mm -hmm. how I really began my journey of learning. Mm -hmm. But now even after getting saved, you're beginning to find out that there are churches that are set up that are not real churches. <laughs> so this is part of the journey. <laughs> you keep learning. And you, you keep learning because even you know, after I was in, I'm saved now. I'm trying to live right, and I'm finding out that there's all this corruption in churches. And I'm like, man. So, you know, things I thought I left in the world are going on in the church. So, 
and corruption and twisting of scriptures to enrich oneself at the expense of the congregation and on and on and all kinds of scandals and crazy stuff because yeah. you know the enemy is trying to fight you viciously from getting saved from finding out who you are from learning God's word for, for yourself he wants to fight you on I mean tooth and nail to prevent you because you know just one person can make a huge difference just one person realizing who they are mm -hmm. and not being deceived and not being subjected under a false prophet because there are so many false prophets and Jesus prophesied this he said at the end there shall be many false prophets mm -hmm. so there right now there are many professing some themselves to be some great one right. you know yeah and and also even showing some you know strange little miracles here and there and they have and they have so many fans but mm. if you read God's word for yourself and you analyze what they're doing you'll say ah you realize it was fine. yeah but if you don't read God's word if you don't know the Lord yourself you're going to fall mm -hmm. into that trap. So it's escaping the world, coming into the church, but escaping the false church also, yeah. and then getting into a personal relationship with the Lord by yourself, alone with the Your Lord. Constant yeah. battle, like search for the truth. Yes. Tell yes. me about the things that you do now to continuously draw, draw people to God, um, because you yeah. know the secrets of the dark world, mm -hmm. including now, talking about the book. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. So... Um, we try to do a lot of videos, right. um, you know, con we have conversations, we have con um, conventions, we have meetings, um, and books, you know, mm -hmm. that we write yeah. for the purpose of getting information out there, you know, like people need to know this stuff. The, the amount of suffering that's taking place out there is not, it's not necessary. They don't have to struggle the way they're struggling. They don't have to suffer the way they're suffering. But there are spiritual forces involved. And unless they address those spiritual forces, this cycle is going to continue. So we write the books so as to, you know, put the, the, the information out there that, that there's not only the forces that are fighting against them, but there's something they can do about it. Mm -hmm. And so... I believe that because there are so many false prophets and so many people have been disappointed by these false prophets, they think that Jesus is fake. But Jesus is not the fake one. These false prophets have come in purporting themselves as if they are representatives of the Lord. But one thing that people need to know that is that they're not supposed to have a broker between themselves and God. They're supposed to have a direct relationship. And that's what the scripture says in 1 Timothy 2.5, I think. It says... There's one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. So the Lord Jesus is the only mediator between you and God. There's not, there's not supposed to be some broker. Mm -hmm. Maybe there could be teachers, evangelists, prophets, pastors who teach you how to have a personal relationship mm -hmm. with them. Yeah, but they are not supposed to be your covering. As soon as you have a covering you're going to have a very frustrated life in Christianity mm. <laughs> yeah it's good to have mentors and teachers and people you honor if they are real but what if they are not real yeah you find yourself and that's where you have cases where the pastor like remember you remember Bishop Eddie Long mm -hmm. the guy was found it is a bishop but he was he was he was molesting boys and taking them on his private jet and who paid for the private jet? The people with their tithes and their offerings. So, what were they contributing to? And they're wondering why their lives are not moving mm -hmm. forward. They have a, they have a broker between them and God. So that's very dangerous. 
So, you know, we teach people you need to have a direct, intimate relationship with the Lord Jesus yourself. Otherwise, you're going to have a broker and you're going to have a brokered Christianity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. This is so much to take in. Is that the reason why it took um, time to write a book about money? Well, yes. And um, also because, you know, this book is called The Truth About Money. Yeah. And I wrote it because they don't talk about money in schools. Yeah. What they teach you is maybe the denominations, but they don't teach you where it comes from, mm-hmm. who prints it, who gets it, and who doesn't. <laughs> how do you obtain it? How do you keep it? How do you protect it? Mm-hmm. How do you grow it? They don't talk about that. You don't receive training about that. What you are trained for is employment. They do not train people on how to become wealthy. That's why the masses do not become wealthy. What do the masses mm-hmm. become? They become employees. Yeah. And they even strive to become employees. They're told, go to school, get good grades, get graduate so that mm-hmm. you can get a good job. Mm-hmm. So they already taught you to focus on a job. They never taught you about wealth creation. And they don't want you to become wealthy. But it is possible to become wealthy if you decide that you're going to take your attention off of just limiting yourself to Mm -hmm. getting a job to now thinking about how God thinks about you as a kingdom citizen, Mm -hmm. as a diplomat and an ambassador of the kingdom of God. In fact, what we talk about is not a religion at all. Um, Christianity is not a religion. It's a kingdom with a government and the citizens of that kingdom who are in this world are representatives of that foreign government. And they are supposed to represent that government as the ecclesia. And the ecclesia are just representatives of the culture. Mm -hmm. So I'm just a representative of the culture of the kingdom of God as a diplomat. I'm not a religious figure. I'm a diplomat of a government. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Interesting. (laughs) Tell me about how you met your wife. Was it after you got delivered or before? Because you're talking about these two girls who tried to initiate you. Yeah, so I definitely met Erica afterwards. All right. Um, We were introduced through a mutual friend called Tommy. Mm -hmm. So Tommy, he just reached out to me on Facebook. I had so many fans on Facebook. I didn't, you know, I usually do. I'm not able to reply to everyone. But for some strange reason, I I read his message. And, you know, he just was telling me that he liked one of the songs I had released called Good Over Evil, Mm -hmm. where I was exposing this same stuff, you know, but I was just alone. And I didn't really know anybody else who was talking my language, you know. Um, the Christianity that was out there, to me, it was so bland and watered down and just, it's like, you, do you guys really know the war, the battle mm-hmm. you're fighting, or you just, or to you, church is just attendance on Sunday and you sing some songs and spin around and go home back to the same defeated life, you know? So I, I felt, you know, really alone at the time, but I think God was preparing me to, to meet with other real believers, you know, real disciples, mm-hmm. um, uh, real, real, what can we call it? Ambassadors of the kingdom, of the government of heaven. Mm-hmm. So um, he introduced me to her he, by just sending me a WhatsApp of her, of, of, of a portion of her testimony where she was speaking. And I said, wow, this is interesting. You know, I'd like to, I'd like to hear more. So, you know, uh, long story short, he gave me her number and we started talking on WhatsApp. 
and I told her that, hey, your you know your testimony is very interesting, and I think we went on for like maybe six months just chatting, sure. yeah, mm-hmm. just talking like that, and then I think a year later I traveled to Uganda for the first time. So I ended up meeting her before I ever met Tommy personally. Tommy, I'd only spoken to him on Facebook. Yeah. But uh, I met her personally before I had met Tommy. So by the time Tommy came to Uganda and, and, and you know, caught up with us, you know, we were already now going on missions mm. in Uganda from place to place. And just, you know, she would testify and I would just, and all of us would really just testify and talk about the things that we've seen and heard. Mm-hmm. And um, that's how our, our our relationship started. Yeah. And the rest of the say. And the rest of the say is history. <laughs> and now we have, you know, a beautiful family. Yes. And still testifying together. Yes. What kind of advice would you give to a common manangi who probably thinks music is harmless? Some of these movies that people watch are harmless. Mm-hmm. As we wind up. What are what are some of the red flags that people can see and think this is a thing to keep off, or this is harmless? Well, they need to know that first and foremost mm. that life is spiritual. Right. It's not a. It only looks physical, but it is very spiritual. That there are two worlds that function parallel of one another. There's the spirit world, and there's the physical world, and they are together. And everything that takes place in this physical world has already taken place in the spiritual world. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes God will warn you about what is taking place in the spiritual world that is about to take place physically. And he's showing you in a dream. But you're not realizing what the dream is. So a lot of people suffer stagnation. A lot of people suffer retrogression. Things like that. And they see these things in the dream because they're dreaming about being in high school. But they're like 40, 50 years old. Mm-hmm. But you're dreaming about high school. You're dreaming about yourself in primary school and walking with the friends that you were with all those back in those days. What does that mean? Retrogression. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. other such like dreams. What is God showing you? That he, there are forces working against you to keep you in the cycles of poverty, rejection, lack, frustration, never fulfilling who you were meant to be. Mm -hmm. So um, they need to know, hey, life is spiritual and it is governed by spiritual laws. And so what an ambassador does is to introduce the culture of the kingdom of God, which is a superior kingdom Mm -hmm. to the kingdoms of this world that hold people in poverty, lack, frustration, you know, uh, rejection, etc., so there is a superior kingdom and that kingdom functions based on principles so mm-hmm. if you learn these principles you can begin to flourish in life life does not have to be hardship and tears and pain continuously yeah. it, does, it doesn't have to be mm-hmm. it is for many because they don't know these principles they go to church but they are not taught principles mm-hmm. they are taught toambegu <laughs> yeah. Sow a seed. They've been sowing seeds. And nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. They've been tithing. They've been giving. Mm. What is happening? Nothing. Because this is a kingdom that is built on principles, statutes, and laws. And if you obey those laws, you begin to flourish. Wow. But if you don't, mm. you live your life like a, like a, like a, like just like a, a religious person. And what we have out there is religion. If you look outside, just drive down the street, there are churches on every corner. Mm -hmm. Most of them are just religions. 
religious pyramid schemes mm -hmm. where people are just contributing to enrich one man at the expense of the congregation. Are their lives advancing? Are they making progress? They need to check that. Yeah. They need to check the trend of your own life. Am I truly making progress here? Am I really seeing the hand of God or what is happening here? And God will oftentimes send you messages to let you know, hey, mm -hmm. you're in the wrong place. You know, So life is spiritual um, and, and they need to learn kingdom. Learn about the kingdom. Don't, don't learn about religion. Learn about the kingdom and the king. <laughs> and Amen. if you do that, yeah. life starts to make sense. Amazing. Yeah, and when it makes sense now, you start doing things with your life as a king. Because God has called us to be kings, mm -hmm. prophets, and priests. So you as a believer, because that's what Christ is. And if Christ is in you, then you are a king, a prophet, and a priest. Mm -hmm. So in those roles as king, prophet, and priest, you can dominate the affairs of your life instead of the affairs of life dominating you. Yeah. So that's what he wants you to know. So that's why he would mm -hmm. go around preaching kingdom. He never went around saying, go to church on Sunday. Mm -mm. He never go, went around saying, give me your tithes. He never, he never said any of that. He said, repent, which means to repent, okay, is where we get the word pent, penthouse. Yeah. It's, it's the house that's on top. So to repent is to get back on top of things. Be the boss again. Get back in charge of the situation, of your circumstances, of your scenario, of your life. Get back in charge. Repent. Mm -hmm. Turn away from the things you used to do. That stuff is useless. It's what's making you a slave. And get back on top of things okay. and be a boss again because I've given you dominion. Right. Yeah. yeah. So... That's why Jesus walked around saying, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Yeah, he was always talking about kingdom. This is government. It's not a religion. <laughs> so what we practice is government. <laughs> I have learned so much today. Yeah. I can't even imagine, begin to imagine the things that I expected to hear from your experience. Yes. Your life testimony is half of what I expected. Amen. And, and it's amazing that you're even willing to come up, uh, come out in the open and talk about these things without fear. Yeah. Now, looking back, do you regret any decisions you made in life leading up to this? As we wrap up, ah, <laughs> the only the only regrets that I have mm -hmm. is not getting saved sooner. That's ah. that's the regret that I have, um, and not starting business earlier also because mm -hmm. I think business is something that every kingdom citizen should be involved in because through business God wants to bless you. Mm -hmm. The scripture says you know whoever sells the corn or whatever service he's offering the people will bless him but a curse is upon the head of him that does not sell. Mm -hmm. So selling being in business is is part of you know God's mandate for every kingdom citizen. And that's why I started Mobi. Mm. Yes, yes, yes. about Mobi and what, what it's all about. Mobi is a very cool application. It's just like, um, it's a ride-hailing application. Mm -hmm. You can download it. It's on Google Play and iOS. Um, and it's a... Spreading the love worldwide. www.jesusinthemorningradio.com
Little small house, big family Seven kids and I'm the baby But I'm grown now And I'm like, praise the Lord Cause everything I've been praying for Is finally knocking on my door And it's so, so loud And I'm gonna take it company making over $13,000 a month. And that's the real testimony of what God can do with a life that's surrendered to him. He's a superintendent, has been blessed to obtain several degrees, honorary and others. But this morning he comes to us as the spokesman and as a channel for whom God will use 
to bless all of our lives. I'm going to ask you now, and he'll share more with you about his testimony, I'm sure, but I'm going to ask everybody right now, let's get ready to prepare our hearts for the Word of God. Is that all right? And the Superintendent Philip Robert Jackson uh, will come to us now with the Word of the Lord. I'm going to ask that we would just, what do you say, just stand and encourage him in the Lord. Is that all right? Come on, let's do that right now. Come on, let's do that right now. Praise the name of the Lord. Come on, come on, come on. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you today for your grace and for your mercy, for your loving kindness, and thank you for all that you've done for us. Thank you for just being God, worthy of all of our praise. And so we come before your presence on this morning, and the first thing I want to say is thank you. Hi-yi-yi-yi. Thank you for life. Thank you for my strength and for my salvation. For the redemptive work of Christ on the cross, my soul said, thank you, Lord. Thank you for everlasting life. Thank you for everlasting life that I have obtained through your dear son, Jesus. And so, Lord, we ask that you would look on us this morning. That you would touch these lips of clay and anoint me, O God. Anoint me to speak the articles of thy word and give me the authority to speak in the spirit in the name of Jesus. That souls might be healed and delivered and that you might destroy the works of the devil everywhere in the mighty name of Jesus. Look on our presiding bishop. Touch Bishop Blake now. Anoint him even the more for the work that is assigned to his hand. Give him strength in his body. If there be an affliction, heal him now. Before we start to speak, God heal his body. Touch and heal and deliver right now. In the mighty name of Jesus. Look on this great church of God in Christ. And bless us, O oh God. Bless us all together as we come before your people today. Humble our hearts and spirits and mind. And give us to say yes to you in Jesus' name. Everybody said, thank God. Amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I'm so thankful and I'm so honored to be here on this wonderful morning, starting this 107th Holy Convocation. I certainly want to give honor this morning to our most reverend leader, the Honorable Bishop Charles Edward Blake. Come on, give it to him. Come on, everybody, put your hands together. And let's recognize our leader. I praise God for Bishop Philip Aquila Brooks and Bishop Macklin and all of the general board members, our Mother Rivers, our chairman of the board of bishops, who is my bishop, the Honorable Bishop John Henry Shear. I thank God for him and all of the members of the proscenium of this great church. To my lovely wife, please stand, honey, and my daughter with her. This is my wife of 48 years. I thank God for her and many of my members of my church, our church is here, that have driven in and have come in, and there are some that are streaming 
and watching this over the video, over the internet, and wherever you might be. I, I'm honored that I was selected or given this opportunity. My sister-in-law, Mother Claritha Spencer, and so many people here. But I want to thank God for Bishop White and all of those that have been responsible for my being here on today. And I praise God for this awesome opportunity. I do not take it lightly. I have shook, I have trembled, and I have feared. I said to somebody I was afraid. They said, no, are you afraid? No, I'm not afraid. Again, I'm petrified. It's all through me. But I got some text messages this morning that said, the angels of God are standing with you. And the anointing shall flow in this place. And I believed God. Allow me to go briefly right on into the word of God. I want to go to the 1 Corinthians, the first, second chapter. I want to begin reading at the first verse. These are the writings of the awesome apostle Paul. He says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, I came not with excellence of speech and of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. Why I'm not, I'm determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words. But at the age of five, they said that nothing's changing. It just seemed to spread even more all over his body. There's no itching. There's no scratching. There's just no color in the skin. But 70 years ago, they didn't understand that. Well, I guess I told my age, didn't I? They didn't understand that. So my mom put cosmetic on me. And she put this call, uh, cosmetic called Covermark and uh, all over my face and told me, now don't touch your face. But it was an oil-based cosmetic. And with it being oil-based, it moved. It seemed like it just crept around all over me. But by the time I got to school, it was in my hair. It was all over my clothes. It was over the school books. It was over everything in the classroom. And the teachers were getting upset with me. And they were arguing and pending notes to take to my mom every day that I am disfacing school property. And my mom said, I'm going to keep putting it on you because I want to calm you down and make you not so obvious to the people. And she kept every day, put the cosmetic on me and sent me to school. By the time I got home, I didn't have any on. It was all over the school books. As a result, the teachers got together and the principal, and they told me that from now on, because your mom won't work with us and she won't uh, take this off of you, from now on, when you come to school and walk into the classroom, when we hand out books, you take your chair and go sit in the hall. And so I sat in the hallway, the first grade, second, third grade of my educational life. As a result of sitting in the hallway, I heard my fellow students reading in the classroom, come Dick said Jane, come see our new friend. I hope our new friends have boys. I never had the opportunity to sit down and let no one put their finger on a vowel and say, this is a vowel, and this is how you sound out a word. No one 
ever taught me. Then they said I was dyslexic, that I saw everything in reverse, and then I got a stigma to go throughout the rest of my school and as being ignorant, unteachable, and cannot learn. They brought me in with principals, and they told me, they said that you can't learn, you need to be in a special ed school. And I was ignorant and unlearned. My mom said, oh, no, you're going to learn, boy. She went out and bought the same book they was teaching in, in school. My mom's only problem she had is she wanted it to work so bad. She, on the way, every day, she took a pussy willy switch and the ironing cord and set it on the table and opened the book and said, read. But it didn't work that way because I couldn't read it. So as a result, every night, almost as a child, one night after another night, just getting whippings because I don't know how to sound out words and I don't know how to read. And even to this day, sometime when somebody says, read this, it sends a chill all through my body because of what I went through as a child. As a result, I ended up, went through school. I have never in my life, and somebody said, what are you doing up there? I don't know why I'm here. I'm just thankful I'm here. What are you doing up here? I'm never, Bishop, you know my life, you know my story. I've never in my life obtained a grade higher than a D, except for art and in gym. I was a good artist and a citizenship. I was a good boy, and I liked to play. But as a result, I went through school, and they just said, keep passing him. Let him stay with his own age group. And they passed me until I graduated. And when I graduated, after 13 years of schooling, I sat on the side of the bed and unrolled my diploma and looked at it and couldn't even read two lines of it. I cried for 13 years I went to school. 13 years I walked through snow. There was no yellow buses for us. 13 years I went through with sickness and colds and flus, sat in classrooms and was inferior to everybody in there. But here I am now, 18 years old, and can't go, to, go get a job. I can't go to college. I can't, can't do anything. I ended up, went to the Army. And in the Army, needless to say, without any rules, they, they called me every name they could think of. In fact, they made names up just for me. As a result of all of these things, I lost my self-esteem. I could not look at anyone in their faces. I dropped every time I saw you, I watched your shoes and not your face. Everywhere I went, I went with tears in my eyes. I got to the point I hid in crowds. I'll never forget my first day at Mason Temple. I drove all the way from Michigan. I got into Mason Temple. I enjoyed the shouting outside in the dust and in the dirt. Hear the good tires and the drums and the saints praising God. I sat on the back of the Mason Temple behind a column, trying to see who was speaking on the podium because I was too ashamed to go up front. Many of you have seen me passing out voting papers and collecting papers. That was a test of my confidence of my faith that I have in God. To stand before people, I could not do this a few years ago, but I've been the faith that I have in God has been multiplied so great that I thank him today that he had took me from behind the column and put me on the podium. I'm blessed. I left the army and I began with my problems. I started drinking. 
The devil said, kill yourself. Don't live. You Don't nobody want you. Nobody love you. I sat up in a bar one night on a Sunday night. I sat there on 12th and Penguin in Detroit. Cognac and Coke in my hand. Playing my jazz. Somebody walked into the bar and put some money in the jukebox. And it was Sam's Cook record. And it said, everybody say amen. Everybody say amen. And I'm sitting there, I said, wait a minute. That's church music. Why are they playing and dancing in the bar off of church music? And I began to think about my Sunday school classes and think about the purity class and Mother Whitehead and think about all of the teaching of Bishop John Seth Bale. And here I am sitting up in a bar. While I was sitting there, the tears came to my eyes. And I got up off the bar stool on a Sunday night and I went to the church. When I got to church, I sat in the back like I used to do so I could easily get out before somebody messed with me or somebody asked me any question. I went in the back of the church and sat down. And while I was sitting there, the preacher got up, Elder James McCarty, and he threw out his hands like never before and said, Jesus said, come unto me. All ye that labor and are heavy laden, I'll give you rest. And the tears began to fall down my face. And I said, Jesus, are you talking to me? And the Lord said, come. I said, but Lord, I've done so much wrong. He said, come. I said, Lord, I even got alcohol on my breath. He said, come. Hallelujah. I stood up. And when I stood up, the tears began to flow from my eyes. And I felt the presence of God all around me. But I stood there. The devil said, you're going to mess up the service. I said, you messed up my life. I ought to be able to mess up one service. And I stepped out in the aisle, began to come down the aisle talking to Jesus. I've got a true testimony today. On my way down that aisle, I actually felt the weight of sin when it fell off of my shoulders. Hallelujah. By the time I got to the altar, my hands was lifted. Always kept my hands in my pocket because I didn't want nobody to see them. But I asked God to take a look at them. I asked him to wash me from the top of my head to the sole of my feet. I asked him to give me the anointing of God. I asked him to save me on that day, to wash me, to fill me with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I cried, and the Lord delivered me. That night, the Lord saved me. The preacher said, come back tomorrow night at 7.30. We're going to have tarry service. I said, yes, sir. He said, don't eat nothing, Philip. I said, yes, sir. I fasted all day. I was at the church at 7 o'clock. When they came to open the doors, I was standing at the door. Man, I was hungry. I was thirsting for the righteousness of God. Hallelujah. And while I was standing there, they came, unlocked the door, turned the heat on, turned the lights on, turned the mics on, but I didn't do anything but go to the altar. And I kept talking to God, and I said, here I am. Here I am. You told me to come, and here I am. I need you like never before. Fill me with the Holy Ghost. I don't know what time it was. But I know one thing, I gave up to God. 
And when I surrendered, I felt the most shiny I felt him when he came in. And when he came in, I got joy. That's joy when the Holy Ghost comes. The Holy Ghost does not come to save you. But the Holy Ghost comes because you already saved. Because you've already confessed that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God. And when the Holy Ghost come in, joy come in. Joy come here. Lord, knock me out on the floor under the power of the Holy Ghost. When they dismissed service, they asked my wife, can you handle him? She says, I got him. They pushed me in the car like the officers do these bad boys on the street. They got me in the car and drove me to my little small income bungalow. I went up those steps. I go up halfway and stop and go about shot he The Lord anointed me. In the morning, I got up praising him. But one day, I went to the Youth Congress, and I bought a big Bible, real big Bible. And I said, Lord, if I get a bigger Bible, maybe I can read your word I can understand what you're saying I said because I love you so much I, I love you better than life I said Lord if I fall if I fall before I hit the ground before I utterly separate myself from you if I if, if, if sin come in will you do one thing for me I said Lord just take me before I fall because I can't live without you anybody feel today that you can't Anybody feel like you can't live without him? I can't live without him. And so I asked God, I said, Lord, I need to know if I got the Holy Ghost like they did on the day of Pentecost. I want to know if I got it that way. And I said, Lord, but I can't read. And I laid my face in my Bible and tears and cosmetic all over my pages. The tears were running down the seam of my pages. And I'm saying, God, I need to read your word. And I cried out to him out of an earnest heart. And the Lord spoke to me. I'll never forget it. It was on a Saturday morning. He said to me, it is not necessary now that you read my word. All I want you to do is praise my name. And I found out the answer to every one of my problems that I ever had in life, that I ever will have in life, is in the praise. If you can praise God in the midst of what you're going through, God will bring you out. The devil... The devil think it not strange for you to praise God when God deliver you. But what confuses the devil is that how can you praise God with all that I have put on you? And you're still going through, but you're shouting. You don't have no money, but you're shouting. Cancer's in your body, but you're shouting. You've lost a loved one, but you're shouting. If you can but praise God, you can get through it. I'll tell you, you can get through it. Come on, the old shot. So, 
while I was sitting there, I said, oh, praise your name. Oh, praise your name. Praise your name. Ha, 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 ha. Ha, ha, ha. Praise your name. Praise your name. I heard the Holy Ghost say, I couldn't read this, but the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost is real. You can't buy it. You can't get it in the university. God gives it to you. It's a gift. Hallelujah. I couldn't read it, but the Holy Ghost is so real, and the Word of God is a live organism. And the two come together. And what I could not understand, God down the under gave me the understanding of it he said when the day of Pentecost was fully come they were all in one place all with one accord when suddenly there came a sound from heaven and it filled the place where they said they were dwelling in Jerusalem. Devout men from everywhere, from the north, from the south, from the east, and from the west. And oh, how they murmured of amazement of these tongues. How they prayed and blessed our Lord. Some folks say that ye men, you are drunk with new wine. But Brother Peter, given authority, given authority of the Holy Ghost, said ye men, you're not drunk as ye suppose. But this is that which was spoken by great prophet named Joel. In the last day, I shall pour out my spirit, said the Lord. I'll pour it on all flesh that is born. Then the young men, they shall have vision. Us older men, We'll dream dreams as we walk hand in hand, praising God for the victory, looking to Jesus, who's the author and finisher of our faith. As we praise Him, both morning, noon, and night, oh, praise the Lord, oh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now I could not read that because I was too ignorant. But the wisdom of God is greater than the wisdom of man. And the weakness of God is stronger than man. Hallelujah. And so God bless me with the ability to take the Word of God and hold it up even though I couldn't read and said, oh, what shall I render to Jesus? What shall I render to Him? My life, 
my joy, my all in all. Oh, what shall I render to him? I went all over the city of Detroit with my Bible. And they said, that's the man that can sing scriptures and he can't read. And I stand there and Bishop Bailey would say, go ahead, Philip. Uh, come on, come on, Philip. We sing me one of them songs. Yes, sir, sir. And I get up and oh, shata, tika, shata. Hallelujah. And so here I was singing scriptures. Here I was unable to read. My father said, Philip, do you want a job? I said, yes, sir. He said, I've been at Ford Motor Company for 37 years and I've got something they call favor. He said, I will make out your application for you. Just go to gate two and say, I'm Jack's boy. And it'll all be made out. Just sign your name. I went to, to gate two on Miller Road. And I said, I'm Jack's boy. And they grabbed me and pulled me in the back. Just sign your name right here. We know your problem. And they gave me a job at $2.67 an hour. I was sweeping floors and taking garbage out. I'm in the garbage can full of the Holy Ghost. Hey! Full of the Holy Ghost. He I'm in the needy old shot now. I'm in the holy, I'm in the garbage can with the Holy Ghost. I'm singing, look where he brought me from in the garbage can. Hallelujah. But I give God all the praise. Somebody tell the Lord thank you. Come on, tell him thank you. And I found out if God give you a job. Sweeping floors, sweeping like Michelangelo, like he paints pictures. You ought to do the thing that God assigned you to do. And when you do it right, God will open up doors and pour you out a blessing that you don't even have room to receive. But you got to learn how to praise God wherever you are. Praise Him through your storm. Praise Him while you're going through. One day, the supervisor came by and said, Mr. Jackson, Mr. Jackson. I said, yes, sir. He said, you're always here on time. You've never been late. You'll never take a day off. He said, would you like to be a supervisor? I said, oh, no, no, no. No, no. I wasn't mad at supervisors. I just knew I couldn't read. The devil said, you're going to lose the job you got if you do that. But when he walked away, the Holy Ghost said, who art thou? To Who art thou to consider these things? In all thy ways, acknowledge him. He said, I'll direct your path. I jumped out the garbage can, ran down the aisle. I said, Mr. Bundy, what do I have to do? He said, all you got to do is take a test for two and a half hours from Ohio State University. I said, two and a half hours? He said, yes. Reading, comprehending, algebra, geometry, and trig. I said, I said okay, put my name in. Put my name in. So when, I'm trying, I want to be obedient. When, when they put my name in, I didn't go to no library. I didn't get no encyclopedia. I couldn't read none of that stuff. So I went to pray in Bible band.
Bible band. At the end of prayer and Bible band, they said, if anybody have any prayer requests, somebody stood up and said, I got an unspoken request. Somebody else said, I got an unspoken request. How many folks know that if you're in a boat, if you're in the boat in the middle of Lake Erie, your motor won't start, and you got a hole in the middle of the boat, you ain't got no unspoken request. That ain't no unspoken request. The only thing you can do is holler, help! Lord, I need your help. And that night, I came down and said, all of you all know me. Because I was in your classes. And what they would do, pass the Sunday school book around for all the little children to read. When they got to me, they would say, oh, no, give it to her. And they passed me by. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But I thank God. So I told him, I said, y'all know my condition. You know I'm ignorant. You know I can't read. But one thing else you know about me, you know I'm saved. I'm saved. And they said, come on up, Philip. And I stood there at the altar. Them mothers came. They used to wear, Bishop, them long dresses with them big old shoes. But they would stand there and them big ugly shoes. That's what I wanted to say. And they stand there in front of you. And one of them hit, hit me in the head. Another one pushed me back. And they were pushing me and pulling me. And then they went in their pocket. And they got me this little bottle of oil. And they said, tomorrow, Philip, when you take this test, they, you see, y'all complain because you get a little, little oil on your St. John. They didn't, they didn't dab you. They came from way back here. And when they got to you, half the oil was in the air. And they anointed you. But I'm telling you something, that was a real anointing. And when I, they said, don't eat nothing, go to take your test, take this little oil with you. He said, Philip, put a little on your paper, put some on your head, and put some on your belly. It's something about that belly. Because he said, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. And let me tell you, I got in there. It was, it was 25 men with briefcases and satchels, all educated scholars. And here I am in a pair of blue coveralls, China to the junk man, the garbage man. I'm sitting there, but I had something that they didn't have. Because I heard them say, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And it's God before you. He's more than the world against you. I took my oil, put it on me. The lady said, you got 25, 30 minutes on this section. She turned the clock, and I'm sitting there, and the clock is ticking. It gets down to 25 minutes, and I haven't even picked up my number two pencil. But I began to tell God, I said, you let me come in here with all of this wisdom. You let me sit in the midst of all of these talented men and you're a great God and I just want to say thank you for letting me be in this room by that time I felt the quickening I said oh you're here you're here thank you for coming to see about me by that time I heard the Holy Ghost said mark box a I said oh Jesus oh Jesus oh Jesus 
He said, D-C-B-A-F. Hey, yeah, 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 yeah. A-F-G-N-D. I said, yes, Lord. G-D-A-C-B. Yes, Lord. When I finished, I set the pencil down. The clock went off. That song came to me. It said, he may not come when you want him, but he's an old-time God. Come on, tell him thank you today. They went to algebra, geometry, and trig. They said, here's your instruction. Find the radii of a circle, multiply it by the circumference, and then multiply it by pi hour square. I said, pi? The only pi I knew about was sweet potato pie. That's the only pie I knew of. But the Holy Ghost said, CDB, AFC, GND, AFC, DNB, CNE. Hallelujah. 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 I went through that whole test. Closed my book. And the Lord said, now, geometry, don't think it's strange that I know the answer to geometry problem. He said, because look at a spider. There's one in here walking the rafters right now. He falls all the way down till you walk into his web. He falls his own security. He attaches himself to nothing he hangs from nowhere and hallelujah and he webs a web on his own don't need no instructions no building permit just build it wherever he wanted and then when he get through building it there's every angle in that spider's web that is known to a geometrist so if God can give this information to a spider And you are far greater than a spider. God can give you the answer to every problem you can ever have. Then I looked at that spider. He sitting back there in the web. He done webbed himself a web. And then he sits back in, in the hole. And he waits. He waits for room service. Fly come back. Ah! Get caught in the web. Spider said, well, I'm not really hungry right now. I'll come get him a little bit later. He'll stay there. And an hour later, he come out. Well, I guess I'll eat. And they had room service for the spider. God brought me so in that test. I passed everything. I came back the next day. They, they said, Mr. Jackson, we scored your test. I said, yes, sir. He said, you got 100% on your test. I said, 100 He said, yes. And he said, can you just wait right here for a moment? I'm saying, he better hurry up and get me out of here. Because I'm finna tear up this man's office. I, I feel a praise coming on. I, I was saying, Lord, please hurry up. Let him come. And he said, I want to tell you this. Anybody that passes this type of test with 100%, we call you a high pot. I said, yes, sir. He said, every six months, we're going to promote you. And we're going to give you a raise and increase your salary all over wherever you're going. 
So six months after they made me a supervisor, I became a full-pledged supervisor. Six months later, assistant general supervisor. Six months later, the general supervisor. Six months later, assistant superintendent of production. Six months later, the production. Each time I'm going from 200 to 400 to 800 to, to 1,000 people. They got me up to about a shift manufacturing manager. Then they came and said, we can't promote you no more, Mr. Jackson. You don't have a degree. I said, it's all right. They said, but we're going to send you to college. I said, oh, Jesus. How are you going to send me to college? And I can't even, I don't have a degree. I don't have nothing. And he said, we're going to pay for your salary just as if you was at work every single day. And we put you in tool and die, manufacturing engineering, because we're going to put you over all of that. Die constructions, electronics, and all of the things pertaining to the manufacturing world. I said, yes, sir. I went to the college to take my entrance exam and failed it. I went to the cafeteria, and there was a gentleman with a donut and a coffee in front of me. He said, oh, I forgot. I don't have my wallet. I said, sir, put him on my bill. He said, you don't know me. I said, I don't have to know you. It's only a dollar and a half. So I paid for his donut and coffee. I went out and sat down. I said, now, how can I tell this general manager and the vice president at Ford Motor Company that I can't even pass the entrance examination? God, how can I do that? By that time, the man came back, Bishop, and he said, what's your name? I said, Phil Jackson. He said, Mr. Jackson, what are you doing here? I said, I'm supposed to take some classes because they want to promote me. I need to know something about quality. I need to understand what a homogeneous process is, and I need to understand what a heteroskedasticity process, using sigma and sigma prime with three standard deviations on either side of the mean with double X bar as my guide. I need to know how to do probability predictability studies using six sigma as the base. He said, oh, good, okay. He said, I have the best PhDs here. All of them know this. He said, I said, well, who are you? He said, oh, I'm the dean of the university. And about three days later, I had a postcard that said, sorry, Mr. Jackson, you did not meet the academic requirement of Toledo University. Perhaps you take some adult classes in the evening, bring your academic level up to the standard of our university. Thank you for your application. Then there was another card. Congratulations, Mr. Jackson. You've been accepted. University of Toledo classes start Monday morning at 9 o'clock. And I went to college. I never got a grade lower than a B in college. God brought me a long way. And so... They came and said, Mr. Jackson, what I want to do, I want to make you the quality systems manager. I see my first lady, my jurisdiction mother chair. He said, I'm going to make you the quality systems manager. I'm giving you 26 plants, three in Mexico, three in Canada, and the rest in the continental United States. I said, oh God, how can I do this? And they introduced me to a man named Dr. Edward Demings. He's the guru of statistics. And he was 92 years old when I met Dick, uh, Dr. Demings. Dr. Demings said, these people are not concerned about what I have, but Mr. Jackson, what I'm going to do for you, I'm going to take you in the cafeteria. We're going to meet every day, and I'm going to teach you everything I know about statistics. I teach statistics dealing with uh, X bar R charts, P charts, NP charts, all kinds of charts, pie charts, all the Pareto analysis. Uh, uh, God blessed me with the talent to be able to take statistical data and, and to crack it down. And I heard Bishop on the phone one day talking on the conference phone. He said, put the pencil to the paper. 
and let that make the decision on what you're going to do. And I said, that's a, that's a talented man. That's a bright man. You can put the pencil, all the talk out, out of your mouth don't mean much of anything. But when you put it on paper, now you're talking. So here we are. Three plants in Mexico. I can't speak no Spanish. Plain land. They say, I got an interpreter and I got a, a car to pick you up at the airport. I go to the meetings in Cuatlan, Mexico, and I'm sitting at the head of the table, and somebody asks me a question, and all I can say is C. All I can say is C. And what I'm saying, C, they don't know I'm not saying just yes. I'm saying C where the Lord have brought me from. Thank you, Jesus. So I'm praising God today because he blessed me. And they made me, they gave me 26 plants every month. I sat at the head of the table. Never sit in the back no more. Sit at the table with the microphone. Talk to the plant manager. Talk with Harold Poland, chief executive officer of Ford Motor Company. Sit down in the world headquarters. Talk to all the authority of the company. And Lord let me work for 31 years. I've been retired, 17 of them. And I didn't get put out. The Lord said, leave and go around the world and tell everybody what I can do with nothing. So it hurts sometimes to tell you what God did for me. What I went through bring tears to my eyes, but all oh, the joy that came to me when I knew that I was free. When my Savior found me, put his loving arms around me. Oh, the joy that came to me. Have I still got about 10 more minutes? Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Then, then I wondered, I wondered, I said, Lord, here I am as uh, a quality system manager. He said, I'm going to promote you again. He promoted me and made me area manager, put me in the Dearborn frame plant, bought my house, paid double for what I had paid for it. Blessed me beyond measure. I can't even tell y'all. If I told y'all how blessed I was when I leave, I'd have a train of people following me. But God has been good to me. God has blessed me. And everything I do, I bless God for it. Bishop, no, I just bought a church because I couldn't handle all the people in my little church. I sat down with the man at $1.1 million. And I said to him, oh, we, we got to do something different. That's a little too much. And when we walked away from the table, I bought the church and paid cash for it. $998,000 cash money. Said, I don't want no lender. God, folks, didn't the Lord say he'll make you a, a lender, a borrower? No, no, no. He said, I ain't going to make you no lender. He'll make you the head and not the tail. God will bless you beyond measure. Now, what I wanted to say is in the book of Isaiah, the 40th chapter, we always go to that 28th verse. Have thou not known, have thou not heard the Lord God, the everlasting God, faint if not, neither is he weary. We go through all of that. We read, but, but if you go up above that, you find out who God is. And when you find out who God is, you can trust him for cancer. You can trust him for burdens. You can trust him for what you're going through. And I found out that God scooped the mountain out with his hand. And that he measured the depth of the sea with his finger. 
that he moves between the mountains and measured them and that he weighs and balanced them in the center of his hand and that all nations before him as a drop in the bucket and nobody can stand when I found out how awesome God is when I found out how awesome he was hallelujah I went to the doctor bishop I had a lump in my throat and the doctor said lay in this chair and before I realized it they were in my throat with a with a, a needle and they got out the biopsy and he said Mr. Jackson we're sorry to tell you you have non-Hopkins lymphoma cancer I said no sir I don't he said I just did the biopsy I said sir I don't have cancer he said I got it here I said I don't have it what he don't know is while I was sitting there in that backwards gown on that cold table I slid off and I went to the wall and I read his diplomas and every one of them said he was practicing medicine but I heard the Holy Ghost he come to the most side. The Holy Ghost said, I'm not practicing. I know exactly what I'm doing. So I got to. He said, I'm going to have you in the hospital in one hour. I said, not so. He said, I'm, a, I'm going in your throat in one hour. I said, no, sir, you're not. I said, I promised Bishop Terry Cook in Toledo, Ohio, that I'm going to run a three-day revival. I said, and after three days, if the Holy Ghost don't tell me to spit this tumor out, I'll let you come and cut it out. And in three days, folk were laying all out on the floor. The Holy Ghost was delivering. People were being healed. Un uh, people's eyes were being opened. All kinds of affliction being healed as they laid on the floor. But I didn't have mine. I went back to him. I said, Doctor, you had to cut this out. Went in my throat, cut 13, put 13 stitches in my throat. I came back to church. That was on a Thursday. Sunday, I preached an hour and a half. Hour and a half. I got to check it out. I'm going to get some money today. <laughs> Hour and a half. I, I preach. Shouting and praising God. With stitches in my throat. They said now we got the stitches out. We usually follow up with chemotherapy and radiation. What do you want to start? I said I don't want none of that. Because see. I heard that there was a fountain. That was filled with blood. And then, then I heard Isaiah say he was wounded for my transgressions and bruised for my iniquity and the chastisement of my peace was upon him. And with his stripes I'm healed. That was 17 years ago. They have never gave me an aspirin. Never took a cough drop. Hallelujah. Somebody say ain't nobody like Jesus. Come on, ain't nobody like him. Hallelujah. Now what I want to do this morning is because the Lord has blessed me, I want to be a blessing to this church. How many know that there's a great expense that comes with this meeting? Oh, Bishop is not going to come up and tell you about what it costs for the lights, what it costs for the, all of the different things that we share in this building to make it comfortable for you. He's not going to go into the details of that. All he got to do is he still have to do is write the check. So what I'm going to do today, I want to try to make it a little easier when he writes the check. Can we have some offering containers here? Can we have a finance committee come? Because we want to be blessed. We want to bless the leader and bless this building today. I'm going to give $1,000 to start with. Thank you. 
truth is I'm tired Options are few I'm trying to pray But where are you? I'm all church Hurt and abuse. I can't say what's left to do. Come on. Truth is, I'm weak. No strength to fight. No tears to cry. Even if I
Hallelujah, hallelujah. Pastor Jackson, Pastor Philip R. Jackson this morning. And uh, I truly, truly enjoyed his message because I can relate to many things he said. Yeah, he said he couldn't read. They told him to come on in and sign his name. Y'all know he had to put an X down there because he couldn't read. He, he didn't know how to write. Yeah. Said he was ignorant. He was unlearnable. <laughs> Ended up in college. Went to take a test to become the supervisor. Couldn't couldn't even really pick up the pencil yet because he couldn't read. He didn't know what it said. What the questions on the test was. Sat there and talked to the Lord because God told him to do it. God gave him every answer. Come back and say he. The man who couldn't read scored the highest <laughs> on the test. Don't tell me what God won't do. Nobody can tell me what he will not do. God can fix every situation. I don't care what your situation is. You want to go to college, but you don't think you can pass the exam, go try. Look what happened to him. The man forgot his wallet. He bought the Dean's coffee and donuts. And then finds out who the man is. It's the dean of the college. And because of what he has given hard to, to pay for a dollar and fifty cents for the man coffee and donuts, God gave him favor with the man. <laughs> and the head man was able to help him to get into college. Don't tell me what God won't do today. He can fix any situation. I don't care what the situation is. I've even learned this. Great is he that lives within me. Than he that is in the world. Yeah, I've had to go for some things, and I didn't know what to do. Talked to him, he blessed me. Yeah, I was in my, I think I was in my early 50s. And I just wanted me a degree. Because I promised my parents one day I would go to college. And they they both were, were dead and gone, but I wanted to honor that. I talked to the Lord about it, and in 2008, I enrolled in the University of Phoenix, uh-huh, Arizona, and for two years, I battled. I had to ask questions. I had to get a tutor. Um, some things I would ask Shantae, she would look at me sideways because we're not going to cheat, Mama. I said, that's not cheating. I'm just asking you a question. What does this mean? I'm not asking you to do nothing for me. Just answer the question. I come out of there with that degree. Graduated before I got my degree. Do y'all hear me what God did? Graduation was going to be that April. I wouldn't get my degree until January. He let me went on in March with everybody else and got my paper. And I continued the class. November come, they gave us a uh, some time off, a few weeks. December, I went back to class, finished up everything. In January, they sent my degree through to me, a beautiful degree. Oh, in, 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 a, in a top-notch, real, oh, fancy, high-quality folder. That's what I wanted to do in my early 50s, and I got it done. The other day, it come to me, go back. I'm, I'm not sure about that now. 
still go back. And see, when I started, look, I had a, a, a GED. I didn't have a high school diploma, but I had a GED. I had taken some college classes at Florida State College. And I just cannot get English right to save you today. English is my first language. I speak it, but I don't understand English, if I'm honest. Never could, really. The vowels <laughs> and the consonants and the this and the prepositions. Uh, keep that. Keep that. Just speak to me in everyday language. And I believe God allowed this to be this way because who I would be working with. Yeah, who I would be working with. Yeah. And they, they wouldn't understand that type of talk. So he blessed me to keep it southern and simple. I'm from the country. I'm from Jacksonville, Florida. Country, oh my goodness. But they think they have for loot now. Uh, yeah. But I thank God for what he's done in my life. He's given, given me proof of who he is, what he can do, what he will do, what he has done. Yeah, you can make me doubt him. I know too much about it. Y'all heard the young man come, and he spoke this morning about they offered him wealth if he would just sign. Sign the agreement with the devil, he said. You heard him talk about some famous people and what they have going on. You heard him talk about witchcraft and all of this in the church. People think it's okay to practice all of that and work all of that. They, they really do. God told them to burn them books. Ooh. If you need anything, you need Jesus. If you need anything, you need his anointing. You need his word. You need a prayer life. That's what you need. You ain't got to shake no dust and throw no oil and put bags and burn sage and all that. No, God, that, that's not God. I promise you. I work with a woman, and she says she dressed herself every morning. I thought to myself, well, I dress mine. I don't have no uh, maids and things, you know. Like on a coming to America, babies, I don't have all that. I have to get up and do all this on myself. But that was not what she was talking about. And she said she was an evangelist in the church. And she said she'd get her mojo bag and pin it to her and her this and that. I'm like, can you say you're an evangelist unto God? And you dressing up with the devil? Mess? Something wrong with this picture. We went, and the lady, where we went, she was a head witch or a head sorcerer or whatever she was. And she rose up out the chair. Between her and the chair was nothing but air. The average person would have took off running. I stood right there because when she first met me, she said, Barbara, I hear you're a bad girl. I'm just looking a bad girl. I'm saying, what in the world? She said, Barbara, can you do this? And she rolled up out the chair. I'm telling you, up high. Nothing between her and the chair but air. And when she saw I wasn't afraid, she came back down and leveled in the chair. Big, big heavy lady, big heavy lady, real red. She said, uh, so Barbara, uh, what is it you do? And I told her. She said, yeah, and she looked at the lady that brought me that post to be the evangelist that dressed herself with the mojo and the foolishness. 
And uh, she told me, she said, yeah, you got power, Barbara. Uh, yeah, nobody gonna fool with you. I thought to myself, and I know they won't. <laughs> he loses them protecting angels. And he got some evil angels in case you want to get bad. Uh-huh. Yeah. I come to do the will of him that sent me. I didn't come to hurt nobody. I didn't come to lie to nobody. I come to do the will of God. And that's embedded in me. Mm-hmm. I ain't shaking no salt, throwing no ammonia. No, I can't be bothered with I barely use oil. And most times if I use anointed oil, it's usually on me for myself. I know that that bottle is there for Barbara. Water, it's an occasion if God say use water. Because there is no power like the power of Jesus. You hear me? He's sitting him down in the hell and he rose with all power. More power than in the olive oil, more power than in the water. If he anointed, it is anointed and it has power. But we need Jesus more than anything else. He's the way, the truth, and the life, and my light that shines and shows me the way. He's my guide. He's my leader. He's my savior, my master, my Lord. He's my everything. He's my mother, one of motherless. Hey, glory, hallelujah. Mm. He's my sister when I'm sisterless. I got two brothers, but they can't always be here. But he's my brother when I need a brother. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. But we got to allow him to. We got to look to the hills from which cometh our help as often as you can. All our help comes from the Lord. He made the heavens and the earth. He's a great God. Jehovah. Almighty God. Oh, when I tell you there's no higher power than him, there's no higher power. Speak those things that are not as though they were and walk in the spirit of God by faith and watch what you get. You heard him talk about all these false prophets. Yeah, I know many of them. And let me tell you, that's who people run behind. They don't run behind the truth, honey. They run behind fake and false. Yeah, and they love people who don't care about them. I, I just, I just tell you like I see it. People that have a form of I love you and deny the love altogether. They do things to make you think they for you, but that's you. You thinking they care more. Yeah, the proof is in the pudding. Love is what love does. Oh, I learned so much in Birmingham, Alabama, under that Charles C. Woods. Lord have mercy, I wish you were still here. Yeah. I could call this man on the phone. He said, hold up, Barbara Mack. That's what he called me. <laughs> it was a rare occasion you hear him call me Evangelist Mack. He said, Barbara Mack, he would always tell me these things. I called him, I said, Bishop. He said, yeah. I said, Bishop, uh, they doing something over there by the, by the fish place. You know, where we go eat our fish. He said, yeah. I said, yeah, so I'm going to ride through that later, and I'll call you back and let you know what's going on. I said, okay. And I'm about to ask him a question. I said, Bishop, he said, hold up, Barbara Mack. 
You just wait one minute. And I stopped. He said, yeah, go on up there to the jewelry store. He said, don't send the payment. Go up there and pay that bill. Because as soon as you make your payment, they're going to up your limit. I said, Bishop, he said, yeah, I, I know what your limit is now. The Lord already showed me. He said, but God said they're going to give you a bigger limit because you want some bigger diamonds. See, I'm from the South. I'm from the country. I like gold and diamonds and rubies. They're big. I don't like nothing small you can't see. And that kind of thing costs money. So I said, okay, Bishop, I'm going to do that. Well, I'm going to run over there by the fish place, and I'll call you when you get to paying the bill. If they ain't told the fish place, now let's meet over there. I said, okay, Bishop. That man ain't never tell me to get no nothing and shake in my house. <laughs> oh, I wish I could have met that child. He would. Now, he'll come to your house, and I would be cooking. Bob Mac, I said, well, don't fix me a plate because I'm ready to try that. That smells so good. I said, all right. And he'd sit, and we'd talk for a minute. He'd tell me what scriptures to go to. Might even give me an idea on what to pray for. And then he going to prophesy. He going to tell you what God said. Bob Mac, I said, what? Leave Mike alone. I said, Bishop. He said, yeah, you didn't. I didn't know about him, but God did. Said, just leave Mike alone now, Barbara Mack, and you're going to be all right. I said, okay, Bishop. <laughs> oh, my goodness, it was the days. But this man never encouraged me in witchcraft, witchcraft sorcery, uh, rulers of the darkness. Yeah, wickedness in high places. That's what you deal with is sprinkling and shaking and carrying on with mess. That's what you're dealing with. That kind of thing belongs to the devil. That's not God. I promise you, I've been in this thing since 1993. God ain't never told me to do nothing. Go to the graveyard, get no dirt. He ain't never told me to do none of that. But he did tell me what he told Pastor Jackson. Pastor Philip R. Jackson, praise me. You want to come out? Praise your way out. Yeah, when Bishop was living... Bishop said, Bobby Mack, come right here and give God some praise. And honey, I'll be picking them up and putting them down. I'm talking about cutting rugs like you never saw. In a few days, I see the results of the praise. Yeah. He told me to come on out of there and dance before the Lord when I got through. He said, now, Bobby Mack, God told me to tell you he's going to bless you. Ooh, he's going to knock your socks off this week. When he got two bank accounts, got $600. Got close, oh my goodness, he, and then guess what? He blessed me to understand his word more. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Tell you what God will do. And you don't need all of that because you're serving the devil. And things not going to always go the way you want. You think you're on cloud nine, you're on one. Because that devil is snatching some stuff. Right then and there, he's snatching some stuff. It won't reveal itself to later on because he don't want you to know. And he want to let you know at an inopportune time when it's not good for you, when you're already down. That's when he want to let you know what you already lost, what he done took. Because see, your mind wasn't on Jesus. Your mind was on something else. And we don't want to play with God today. Let's not, let's not play with him. He's the real thing. 
And if we be real with him, he will be real with us. The next thing is this. Whatever you're doing in Jesus, let it be real. Whatever you're doing in God, let it be from a sincere heart. Don't play. Please don't have a form of godliness denying the power thereof. Don't honor God with our lips and our heart be far from it. Let's not do that. Let's get real with him and stay real with him. Because when we don't, the enemy come in and show us what he's taken. See, because as long as I'm walking in God, I can't see nothing nobody took from me. See, if I fall short with God, the enemy come in and start taking things. And as I continue to play, guess what? At that time when I don't really need it, that's when he's going to bring and show me what he really took from me. All he took. He's going to come in and try to tap the house. Wherever you go, he's going to try to send demons and, and imps to, to mess with you. We don't want to play with God. And we don't want to give people our hearts. Let's give it to God. I can't give a man my heart. I got to give it to God. I can't give all I can to my children. I have to give all I can to God. And because I give it to him, he blessed me. Blessed me to be straight with the children. If that was a husband, he would bless me to be straight with my husband. But I'm not giving no one and nothing more than I give almighty God who loves me in spite of me. Who looks beyond my fault and yet meet my needs who's on my side, who's for me today. And if he be for me, he's more than the whole world against me. Yeah, let's seek God with our whole heart. Lord, I got coming up to do and show me how to come up in you. Show me how to walk in your way. Hey, glory, hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Show me how to walk according to your word. Teach me your way, oh God. Because time is not winding up. Time has wind up. I'm just telling you in a few, in a little bit, you're going to get to see it. You're going to get to see it. I'm ready to wind up. You, you, you're going to get to see things like you never saw before. You, you, you're going to get to see where really people feel right is really wrong and wrong is right. You're going to get to see the devil really is the prince of the air. Mm-hmm. In just a little while, keep living, keep living. Yeah, there's some stuff going on right now. And it's more than with just eating, more than having food. Oh, my goodness. It's not all that cool for older people to be out in the street right now, I'm telling you. Because what's out there? I notice it's six feet, it's in the air. Mm-hmm. It is in the air. But today, great is he that lives within you than he that is in the world. Wherever you got to go, you can go and come on back safe. If greater is in you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, we're grateful unto him this morning. What a mighty God we serve. I want to uh, recognize these cities today <laughs> and countries. Good morning to you, Ghana. God bless you this morning. Hey, thank you. I thank God for you, Ghana. You're number one on the list. You have the most listen, 
of all times. More people listen from Ghana than the United States and anywhere else. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Ghana. South Africa, God bless you today. God bless you. Thank you for your listening. Hallelujah. The United Kingdom, God bless you today. Thank God for you. Hallelujah. Never been there, but one day hope to come and visit you. Kenya, God bless you, Kenya. Pakistan, God bless you this morning. Jacksonville, God bless you. Nigeria, God bless you. I think that's lost, something lost, Nigeria. God bless you today. Forgive me for not remembering your name, but I thank you for listening. Jamaica, God bless you. God bless you. Thank you so much. New York, God bless you, New York. Thank you so much. Cairo, Egypt. God bless you this morning. Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. God bless you for your listens. Morocco. God bless you this morning. Thank you so much for tuning in. Haiti. Thank you so much. Algeria. Thank you so much. India. Thank you so much. God bless you for every listen. Thank you for coming through the archives or the podcast or listening live. I'm so grateful unto God to have you as a part, because we're one world, we're in one world, many, many miles apart from each other, yet you can hear the gospel. I thank God for each of you today, and I I saw that, the Lord showed that to me. Oh, thank you, hallelujah, thank you, thank you, Jesus, thank you, God, thank you. He showed me this, and this morning, write it down and make it plain. Tell each one of these cities and countries, thank you. Acknowledge them. So when you hear me praying for our brothers and sisters overseas, these are the people. (laughs) Are we going to lead? Ghana is leading. Yeah, come on, Algeria, United Kingdom. Come on, Kenya, Pakistan, (laughs) Jamaica. Come on, even New York and Jacksonville, Cairo. Philadelphia, Morocco, come on, come on, Haiti, Algeria, again, India, come on, get more people together to listen, because Ghana is winning, Ghana is ruling, Uh (laughs) uh-huh, they have the most listens, and uh, I thank God for each of you again, and uh, nothing but the Lord this morning to have me to recognize all these cities and countries, yeah, and uh, we're praying for you, yeah, praying for you, because prayer is the key. Our faith unlocks the door. We can ask anything. Basically, it's already done. He hears the word we say. And while we're calling, he's on the way. Prayer will fix it every time, over and over and over again. And so we're grateful unto Almighty God. I'm going to do a little roll calling right quick. And uh, we're getting on out of here because we're coming close to 10 o'clock. Good morning to you, Sister Jerry. God bless you this morning. Good morning to you, Pastor David and Sister Dr. Goodman and Sister Sion. Hey, Sion. <laughs> brother Anthony this morning. God bless you, son. God bless you, Brother Anthony. God bless you, Minister Stenner, Minister Shonda. God bless y'all this morning. <laughs> they from the same area with the same area code. <laughs> they friends, yeah. God bless each of you this morning. God bless you, Sister Irene. Thank you so much. Uh, I received your gift. Uh, 
this morning. Yeah, basically every Monday. And so I'm grateful unto you, and I thank you so much, and I really appreciate the help. I'm going to get with you on the flyer, and let me see if I can say this right quick. I need um, some savvy people. You ain't got to be that savvy, but I need some people to work with me on a T-shirt ministry. If you're interested in working with me on a T-shirt ministry, email me, call me, text me, or something. The email is freedomdoors at yahoo.com. Or if you're on Facebook with me, say, hey, uh, Sister Barbara, I want to work on that T-shirt committee, a T-shirt ministry, because I need somebody to design the T-shirt, you know, with what we want to put on them. Uh, We need the colors that we want to make them in, the sizes. And I need somebody over each one of these. And somebody we come together and get the price form right. Because we don't want to overcharge people to make everything gone up. I'm not with the foolishness. So we want to get the T-shirts out there. And then we get them and they, they're doing well. Then we may choose something else uh, to put out there. So look, y'all get with me and let me know if you want to work on that T-shirt ministry. Yeah, I know it'll be fun because we can Zoom and see each other and laugh and just have a good time. Oh, uh, yeah. So y'all let me know. Let me know. Hallelujah. Uh, uh, good morning to your sister Mary Ann, and good morning to your sister Simone. I talked to her yesterday, sister Simone, and uh, good morning to you, sister Laura, my God baby. Good morning to you, sister Andrea in Philadelphia, sister Rita, sister Diane this morning, sister Angela Foot. God bless you, baby. God bless you. And uh, good morning to you, sister Anna Lee Foot. God bless you. God bless you. Thank God for you. Sister Sylvia Joe Jones, she may not be able to be here every morning, but when I see her name, I have to say it. Yeah, good morning to you. Uh-huh. Sister uh, Sharon Slayton, God bless you. God bless you from uh, over there on LinkedIn and day. Good morning to you. Good morning to you. God bless you. Thank God for you. Good morning to you, Sister Kim Hops and uh, Sister Yvonne and Pastor Boatwright right, is not here today. So God bless each and every one of you. Good morning to that main man. Only that chat down. Brother Lewis. Uh, uh, Pastor was, uh, uh, Jackson was praying, Brother Lewis. Amen. He was preaching. Brother Lewis, yes, Lord. Thank you. <laughs> I know how you felt, Brother Lewis. Good morning to you. And uh, good morning to Brother Jermaine. Good morning to you, sir. Brother Anthony. Brother D. Brother Mike Hart. Brother George West Perry. Hey, Perry, I ain't heard from you in a minute now. I, I need to uh, see you show up over there somewhere and say something to me now. Yeah, Brother George West Perry, I call him. <laughs> Good morning to you, Brother Lee Hamilton. It has been a very long time since I heard from you. I truly would like to know how you're doing and everything. Good morning to you, Brother Cal. I played your song, but we're going to go out with it again because you may be woke now so that you can hear your request uh, of Brother Cal. Good morning to you, Brother Justin Gilmore and Brother Marquez Griffin. I still haven't heard from Brother Frank's sister, so we're just keeping Brother Frank lifted in prayer. Keep him and her lifted in prayer. Because she, she was so hurt. She was so hurt over her brother being that sick. So let's keep them lifted in prayer. Hallelujah. Y'all keep me lifted in prayer today. I can use it. I got to go to the primary doctor today, so y'all keep me lifted up. See, 
she may want to fuss a little bit and I ain't in the mood for fussing because usually I get right back with them or I start before they do. But today I ain't in the mood. So y'all pray for me and uh, pray all goes well. I know it will, but I just thank God because they called me back with the chest x-ray and said it looks beautiful. Yeah, everything is good. So the blood work now, that's what I'm going to see about today and a couple of other things. And it will, if she's going to work on that reason, yeah, because I don't have asthma, yeah. But I'm straight, I'm straight, and we thank God for keeping me straight. And uh, we're going to go through some things in this life, but what we do, we're going through holding on to God. We're not turning them loose, and we get walking by faith and not by sight. For the just shall live by faith, hallelujah, and I'm grateful unto him. Listen, it's uh, time for me, us to get out. So I got to pray us out. We didn't open the studio this morning, but I'm going to pray us out. And we pray the Lord bring us back tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, for another episode of Jesus in the Morning. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for all that has been said and done. Thank you, Lord, for watching over us as we slumbered and slept last night. You woke us up this morning, closed in our right minds. Father, we have the use and activity of our limbs, our life. We have a portion of health, many of us, and strength. But I have my full health. I declare it in Jesus' name. I speak it on myself. Health in Jesus' name. And those that are going through or sick, I speak health upon them, a more healthier person in the name of Jesus. And, Father, we thank you. Lord, those that are sick, we ask this morning that you would touch and heal you took the beating for the healing of the nation. And, Father, there's yet healing in the hem of your garment. It's you that heal all manner of sickness and disease. There's nothing too hard for you to do. Father, heal your people here this morning. Are moved by your spirit, Lord, in healing this day in the name of Jesus. And, Father, we ask that you address those that are incarcerated, those that are in every branch of the military, widowers, bereaved families, and accessory craft people, preachers everywhere, Father, preaching in the name of Jesus and obedience unto you and love for your people. Bless Israel and prosper Jerusalem. Loose your protecting angels to stand watch, to shield and protect the people, our Lord, and have your way in the name of Jesus. Bless our brothers and sisters everywhere, overseas, oh God. You know what they're standing in need of today. You know what their children need. Lord, move by your spirit. If any of them are sick today, Father, we ask that you would heal in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hallelujah. We ask that you would continue to bless America and the leadership. And that, Father, you would continue to have mercy. Oh, and help us, oh Lord. Bring us to you wholeheartedly on our knees in repentance. Do it for our good, oh God, in the name of Jesus. Uh, we thank you for the segment of Jesus in the morning. And, Lord, as it go out, let your anointing go. Let your anointing flow, O oh God, that people hear this message. They will be blessed in the name of Jesus. For, Father, there's nothing you can't fix. There's no situation you can't take care of. And we thank you this day. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. And, Father, bless our going out. Bless our coming in. Meet the need in our lives today, according to your riches and glory, by your son, Christ Jesus. Again, 
In Jesus' name, we ask it all. Amen and hallelujah. May the Lord watch between me and thee while we are absent, one from another, in the name of Jesus. Go today in love and peace. Share the good news of Jesus and give someone something of quality. God loves the cheerful giver. Have a blessed day. I speak the blessings of Almighty God upon you today, January the 30th. 2023. One more day and we out of January right off into February. My goodness, time flies when you're having fun. Don't y'all forget your $9. Uh, if you have your $9, cash at me at um, money sign cash now, 1727. Yeah, money sign the, the big C in cash, the big N in now, 1721. Yeah. One more time. Money sign. Cash now. 1727. Hallelujah. So at this time, I'm going to say bye-bye. And Calvin, I'm going to replay your... Uh, um, my goodness. Your song. I'm going to play your song, Calvin, because you may have been asleep or doing something. So here we go. Little small house, big family Seven kids and I'm the baby But I'm grown now And I'm like, praise the Lord Cause everything I've been praying for Is finally knocking on my door And it's so, so loud And I'm gonna take it
Taylor Lewis, <laughs> I'll be running so I'll be forgetting to tell you that when I get ready to get off. I don't hear that phone, you know, it's just like that. <laughs> Woo! All right, we got like shout. In the episode. 